Good morning, Minister Dalal. Good morning, Minister Tseli. Good morning. And good minister to good morning, morning chairperson. How are you? Very good. And very thank you very much for agreeing to be part. How are you? Well, good, uh, Chairperson. Good morning, Minister Dilel. Good morning to Deputy Minister uh, Police and uh, the management of the South African Police. Good morning, good morning, Minister. I, I really hope that um, I had engagement with the team of DPWI, and um, I do think that I must meet with Minister. Recording in progress. I must, I must arrange to give Minister a monthly update about progress on some of the issues. But uh, we will explain today. I've got the full team uh, that's going to present this morning. Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, good morning, Honourable Members. Uh, we now have the, the meeting starting at exactly nine o'clock. Good morning to the Minister of Police. Uh, good morning to the Minister of Public Works and Infrastructure. Good morning to our Deputy Minister, our National Commissioner, the team of Public Works, DG and the officials from Public Works, uh, Minister of, of Police, Deputy Minister, and all our officials. Good morning, honorable members. I. Uh, do wish to welcome all our ministers. We are fortunate to have two ministers and our deputy minister. The deputy minister of public works and infrastructure has sent us an apology. Honorable members, um, this meeting has been requested by this portfolio committee for some time now. We are very humbled and pleased uh, and very grateful, Honourable uh, Minister Dalil, that you could um, agree to this meeting. Uh, thank you very much to Honourable Minister Police that you could also be here. The meeting will be more fruitful if both of our ministers are here. Uh, the process of the meeting will do our minutes and our uh, adoption of our report. We are just going to first do the adoption of the agenda so that we can start our meeting formally. Honorable members, we will now have our agenda so that we start our meeting appropriately and then we will start our presentations. Could I have the agenda, please? Um, honorable members, as I said, we're not going to do the adoption of minutes and the criminal law amendment bill now. We'll do that. Please stay. I have not received any apologies for members who are leaving early. So uh, we'll adopt the minutes and the reports later. We have guests, so we'll do the presentations. The presentation by the department. The first presentation will be by the, a briefing by the Department of Public Works and Infrastructure on SAP's infrastructure development. The second briefing will be by the South African Police Service on SAP's infrastructure development, the lease management, the maintenance of office accommodation and police stations. Honorable ministers, 
um, we have had, as the committee has had quite a bit of concern about a number of lease stations, a number of lease agreements, and uh, you would understand that um, calling you here means that uh, we would like to clarify matters. We are not here to lambast you. We are here to find a common solution. So for that opening words, honorable um, members, the agenda is before you for adoption. Do I have a proposal for adoption? Do I have a proposal for the adoption of, of the agenda? Yes, uh, Honorable Meshu. Good morning. I'm surprised that Barbara does, did not convey my apology because I have to attend PCO on international relations. But I send it to her. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Meshu. Your apology is noted. Any further apologies? Could we then start um, with a proposal for the adoption and a seconder, please? We move for the adoption, Chair. Yes. Thank you very much, Honorable Work, uh, for the proposal for adoption. A second. I second, Chair. Thank you very much, Honorable Siabi. Proposes uh, uh, adoption. Marekwa uh, uh, seconds it. Uh, we can now start with the briefing um, by the Public Works. Honorable Minister, you can do the introduction and then you will let us know who is going to do the presentation. Welcome to you and welcome to your team once again. You can introduce your team, Honorable Minister, and introduce your presentation. I thank you. Thank, thank you very much and good morning once again, Honorable Chair and Honorable Members and Honorable Minister and uh, also our uh, National Police Commissioner uh, and all other colleagues. Uh, Chairperson, I think it's best that um, our, I mean, our Acting Director General, Dr. Alec Moemi, uh, that he introduce uh, the team, but we had made sure that we bring um, the accountable and responsible Deputy Director Generals in. So um, the Acting Director General, Dr. Moemi, will introduce all of them. So through you, Chairperson, if I can give over to Dr. Moemi. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Minister. Uh, doctor, you may start the presentation. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable uh, Chair, and uh, good morning to all the members of the committee. And uh, hearty good morning as well to both ministers, uh, Dilil as well as uh, Kale. Uh, Chair, just as a quick introduction of uh, the team that is uh, led by Minister Dilil this morning, uh, we have a DDG responsible for construction Program management being Mr. Batum Kotu, uh, who chair would also lead uh, our presentation in this regard. I also have the Deputy Director General responsible for the real estate management uh, services. And for purposes of this committee, the interest would be on the leases uh, for uh, the properties we have. And that is Ms. Nyeleti Makubele. Uh, Honorable Chair, we also have uh, other colleagues uh, in the department uh, that are accompanying 
the minister uh, this morning, and those include the following, Ms. Lee N. Johnson, who is the parliamentary liaison officer for Minister Dillin. And we also have Mr. Basi Khaswane, who is the chief director responsible for the key uh, client management uh, and accounts management and being police being one of the big five we are administering in that space. And we also have uh, in this regard, uh, Ms. Florence Rabada, uh, who is uh, a chief director responsible for the immovable asset register and for vesting of properties. We also have uh, amongst us, uh, as part of the delegation uh, this morning, uh, other officials, uh, including Ms. Sasa Suban, being the DDG, uh, responsible for real estate investment solutions. Mr. Patrick Nasengani, who is the chief director responsible for facilities management. And uh, lastly, I believe we also have uh, other officials uh, that have uh, accompanied us, but who are here for purposes of uh, provision of answers should the need arise. Uh, as a start, uh, Chair, and to introduce the presentation, um, we... my my apologies. Since I I wish that we know all know who's present, I'm uh, asking that we first give our Minister of Police an opportunity to allow uh, the National Commissioner to also introduce his team. So, Dr. Mohemi, uh, my apologies, Minister Dalil. I think it would be appropriate that we all knew. Um, who would be who is in the meeting from both departments, Honorable Minister of Police? Um, I give you the opportunity now. You could then indicate who would introduce the team from SAPS, so that we're all aware of who is present. Thank you very much, Honorable Minister of Police. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chair. Again, to the Minister and the top management of uh, Public Works. Uh, as indicated here, Chair, the team is led by the National Commissioner uh, of the South African Police General Simula, so I'll immediately hand over to him to give us the rest of the team. Thanks, Chair. The National Commissioner. Good morning, uh, Honorable Chairperson, and uh, good morning, all, both Minister of Police General Taylor and Minister of Works, Minister uh, Tigil, and good morning, DG Mwemi. Uh, good morning, uh, all deputy ministers present, uh, all the colleagues, both from SAPS and uh, Public Works. Honorable Chairperson, uh, the delegation, together with myself, today uh, is as follows. I have uh, Lieutenant General Dr. Libia, National Head of uh, DPCI. I also have Lieutenant General Jinga, the Deputy National Commissioner for Crime Detection. Uh, I have Lieutenant General Advocate Khan, the Head of Legal Services. Uh, Lieutenant General who is the CFO for the department, uh, Major General Makwela, Forensic Investigations, DPCI, 
Major General Hankins for Supply Chain Management, Major General Sutole for Supply Chain Management, specifically Facility Management, Major General Peters, Head of Communication, Major General Leon Rabi, Strategic Management, and of course, our Secretary, Secretariat, Kenneth Letoawa. Thank you very much, Honorable Chairperson. Thank you very much to the DG of Public Works and the National Commissioner and our two ministers. Uh, DG, my apologies for interrupting you. Uh, you may continue with your presentation or hand over to the relevant person who is going to do the presentation. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chair. Uh, just as an indicator, Chair, we have uh, received this and minister referred that we look into the matters raised as concerns of the committee and our presentation seeks to respond to those. At the outset, uh, we wish to acknowledge that we are in the process, uh, particularly in, in the construction project management at which some of the projects of SAPS uh, lie and also in facilities management. We have been reviewing our own processes and have been having engagements with uh, SAPS uh, over the past few months uh, with the view of trying to improve and identify where the bigger gaps are. And we have uh, managed to identify where we have been uh, uh, undone previously by inaction and uh, our inability to process this. We have begun stratifying our pipeline of this project in terms of prioritization and what is to be done first. And we had been uh, in constant consultation with our colleagues at SAPS uh, to look at where the pressing matters are. Our intent has been on twofold, uh, to look at immediate interventions that require us to attend to right away, as and when the challenges do arise. And secondly, to be much more responsive uh, to uh, the long-term issues that uh, are in the pipeline and which uh, we seek to uh, address and to also identify uh, those that are quick wins uh, to prioritize first. So the content of our presentation would seek to look at that, also to look at the mitigation measures in the interim uh, period whilst we're looking at uh, longer term interventions of import, which is what uh, we have announced to FOSAT and which we have also sent out a letter to all the directors general and accounting officers of departments is to alleviate the pressure around the day-to-day -day maintenance. And we have thus increased uh, the allocation of and the allowance of 100,000 rand per incident to a million rands to allow land departments, including SAPS, uh, to be able to attend to their own day-to-day -day, uh, issues as may arise and as may be required uh, and not to be hamstrung by our processes as we are busy now putting in place measures and mechanisms to be much more responsive and to put in place uh, capacity and contracts uh, to be able to respond much more adequately going forward. So to that extent, uh, that will allow that if uh, a door breaks or a window pane breaks or any immediate maintenance challenges that are required or diesel finishes in the generator, uh, the client department don't need to actually go through public works uh, and go through tedious processes for them to be able to respond to the immediate uh, challenges as such. So 
So that's certain done. I wish chair with your indulgence to invite uh, our colleague uh, DDG Batumukotu uh, to then take us through the presentation we have on the subs infrastructure development uh, and touch on the challenges and also what we are doing about those. Uh, thank you very much, DD, DG. The DDG may start with the presentation. Morning, Honorable Chair, uh, Honorable Members, um, uh, Honorable uh, Ministers from both departments, uh, the Deputy Ministers, if we are in the meeting, the um, National Commissioner, uh, the DG of the Department of Public Works um, and uh, colleagues, I am going to uh, address the part A of this presentation, which is uh, around the infrastructure uh, development. This is in received uh, to be part of this engagement we will be uh, addressing matters around the, the projects, also matters around the leases, as well as uh, maintenance aspect. Uh, giving an overview of what we are doing uh, as a department of public works in this particular program, uh, a capital uh, a projects program, where the client being SAPS funds this particular program. Then we have the repair and the refurbishment program where money is, uh, is uh, uh, being utilized um, for maintenance and uh, that is being paid off by, by ourselves uh, through a cost recovery model. And uh, in the past financial year, which is the year 2021-22, we had around 232 uh, projects in the capital uh, program, and we managed to spend the allocation um, about seventy percent of the allocation. In the and we have a 79 program. Uh, due to the limitation of the presentation, we could not put all of the projects in the uh, presentation. However, they are available when honorable members require them. In our implementation of these uh, particular projects, we wish to, to highlight some of the challenges that we've had. Uh, as a department, we have also undertaken a process where we uh, diagnosed our, 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 our ability to implement uh, the projects. We've done an infrastructure audit where we know exactly what is wrong uh, within the, the value chain and the system. And uh, just to highlight some of the challenges that we are picking up, that they are both internal and uh, external driven challenges. The ones that we have full control over are uh, with issues with our project managers where they have the challenges of capacity to deliver the uh, projects that have been bestowed upon them um, due to the sheer number of, of the number of projects uh, within the, that particular portfolio. 
and also when we look at the consultants that we are working with, um, they, we have a higher reliance on them. Uh, and uh, these are some of the issues that we have identified that need to be uh, mitigated. The contractors that we work with in recent times have had challenges with um, cash flows and uh, poor performance, which affects the delivery of the infrastructure projects on time uh, as we, we want them to, uh, to, to be delivered um, on time. Some of the external factors which we're also working with um, a number of stakeholders to resolve include the community unrest and strikes that, that happen. Most of our police stations are in, in uh, areas of high density. And uh, whenever we do a work of a capital nature or, or repair and refurbishment, it always uh, attracts the local communities to have an interest in that particular project. And we've seen a number of stoppages in our projects uh, due to this uh, particular challenge. In our next uh, slide, we, we highlight some of the uh, areas which we are working to, to mitigate as treatment plans. The issues of, of capacitation of our project managers is very high in our, in our program. Uh, the issues of upskilling of our, our project managers uh, being the current staff. We also have uh, taken a position and a posture to be strict when it comes to matters of contract management and consequence management towards the consultants and, and contractors, where we enforce uh, contracts that we have between ourselves as a department and the uh, external service providers. The uh, next uh, slides are also addressing the same elements of the treatment plans uh, that we have put in place uh, around the optimization of the, uh, the systems within the department where we integrate uh, better uh, uh, with finance and uh, external stakeholders and SCM. We have uh, had quite fruitful discussions with my counterparts at the SAPS where we have now embarked on a program of having better oversights on our projects we have visited a number of, uh, of these projects that are in implementation and uh, had uh, uh, fruitful engagements to resolve the uh, disputes in those particular projects. And these are some of the, the action plans that we have now put in place, which are more integrated. It's not only looking within ourselves as the Department of Public Works, it's also looking at the client to see how best can we both deliver the uh, infrastructure projects together. The next uh, slides highlight, honorable members, um, the spread of our, our project pipeline in the past uh, financial year, just to reflect on which particular uh, regions in which provinces uh, had how many projects. In total, we had uh, 232 projects, uh, Cape Town, have had the, the most in terms of the number of, of capital projects, followed by uh, Kimberley and uh, here at uh, Herofis in Pretoria. And the spending uh, has, is spread uh, across the different uh, uh, provinces. And these provinces have had different challenges, uh, but we have collated them through the, the audits that we have done in the department to ascertain what are the uh, problem areas. 
Honourable members, as we are seeing a, a spending of 70% right now, we, we do not foresee the same challenge going forward. The Honourable Minister of Public Works has issued a directive for us to uh, optimise the allocation of projects. Projects that are not tender ready will not uh, have allocations for contractors. Only projects that are ready to go to, out to the market will then have allocations where contractors can, can spend money. By that, we mean that we are only uh, making sure that those that will spend money will, will only be allocated money in this current financial year. We have uh, finished a, an allocation uh, process with uh, SAPS and uh, we have done exactly so. Um, and we'll be monitoring that uh, going forward uh, through the entire year in terms of the spending. The next slides are reflecting on the uh, budget allocations, which I was reflecting upon of the 2022-23 financial year on the both the capital and the repair and refurbishment programs. Uh, with respect to the, the capital uh, projects, we have 379 uh, projects that are with uh, the Department of Public Works. I am aware that SAPS also has their own uh, projects that they are running that have been devolved to SAPS. This number only reflects the ones that are with the Department of Public Works with an allocation of 423.8 million rand. And uh, we also reflect as well of the uh, allocations that are for the uh, repair and refurbishment uh, programs where we have 78 of these uh, projects with an allocation of 601 million rand for this current financial year. And these projects that are reflected are the ones that we are saying um, the allocations have been optimized such that by the end of this current financial year, we will see a better spend um, more than the 70% that uh, was reflected in the past financial year. The, the next slides are reflecting on the project pipeline um, in terms of how the uh, projects are, are sitting, that we have about uh, 300 odd projects in the design and tender stages. And then we have about 24 of these projects that are in the uh, construction stages and uh, about 26 of them in the completion stages. There is also a bulk of, of projects that is still sitting in the planning where uh, issues of site clearance still need to be resolved. But those particular projects are not yet uh, tender ready. They are still uh, far behind. But uh, uh, we are still uh, uh, monitoring them as far as concluding those milestones of uh, uh, site clearances. Honorable members, we were requested by the uh, uh, committee to also give a highlight on um, uh, the Telcom Towers uh, uh, project. Uh, and I wish to maybe just touch on that uh, matter as well. The, the Telcom Towers um, 
the Department of Public Works has uh, undertaken to uh, address the phase one uh, of the particular project, which is the Tokom Tower North and the uh, Annex building. And the uh, complex itself has a number of, of buildings, which uh, the Honorable Minister uh, had uh, previously given a guidance in terms of how these projects should then be dealt with with respect to perhaps uh, implementation of a build, operate and transfer model, uh, which will expedite the issue of, of service delivery with uh, the other, other buildings. I'm going to perhaps uh, indicate that for phase one, uh, we have uh, successfully managed to, uh, to complete the, the phase one, whereby the Telecom Towers North is currently being, being uh, occupied. Uh, we have also, in our next uh, slides, uh, uh, highlight that the annex building, uh, which also forms part of the phase one, uh, had water ingress uh, challenges, uh, which are now uh, being put in uh, for, for us to be able to, to fix. Uh, we do have a, a project execution plan for fixing the, the water ingress, which uh, comes from a structural uh, uh, problem, uh, which is being uh, addressed by the Department of, of Public Works. We also have the uh, IT building, uh, where, whereby the Department of uh, SAPS had highlighted to, to us the need for us to expedite the, the IT building as it forms part of the bigger migration plan uh, that the department has. And uh, with respect to this particular project, uh, we are anticipating to go out to the market in June of this, this year, which is next, next month. And uh, those processes should be completed by, um, by August, September, and uh, a contractor will then be on site uh, there, thereafter. Uh, it will take eight months for the scope of work to be completed. And uh, we, we then anticipate to hand over that project back to SAPS after eight months counting from September. As I had uh, addressed uh, the element of the annex building of the water ingress, here, honorable members, we had uh, conducted a condition assessment, a thorough one of that particular building where there are damaged uh, joints and uh, there are, uh, uh, there's cracks on the basement and uh, the uh, parking area slab also has some structural cracks. And uh, these cracks are the ones that allow water to, to then seep through them. Uh, it's, a, it's an issue which is not severe. Uh, structurally in the sense that it, it is uh, repairable. The joints over time need to be uh, maintained and, uh, and uh, replaced. And this is part of the program which we are embarking upon. The uh, instruction to commence with uh, the procurement work will then be issued in July of 2022, which will enable the professional team to finalize the scope of work such that we are able to uh, implement uh, this particular scope in quarter four of this financial year. Uh, Acting DG, may I uh, pause here and request uh, um, my other colleagues to deal with the lease management aspects?
of this presentation. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Acting DG. Thank you, Chairperson. I wish to invite Ms. Nyaleti Makubele, our Deputy Director General responsible for the Real Estate Management Services to present on this part. All right, um, thank you, thank you, DG. Good morning, Honorable Chairperson and Honorable Members, Honorable Ministers that are present here and my colleagues. Um, my name is Nyeleti Makubele. I'm responsible for the Real Estate Management Services Branch and I'll be presenting on the listing portfolio that we have with the South African Police Services. Um, in total, the, our total portfolio as the Department for Leasing is 2,591, which is nationwide. And for subs, we have 1,070 leases, which constitute 45% of our entire portfolio. And in this presentation, we'll just give a, a, a breakdown of our portfolio per province and the challenges that we're experiencing, and also focus on what interventions the department has embarked on or is embarking on in order to resolve some of the issues that we are facing. Next slide, please. Thank you. Um, we, have 11, uh, we have 11 regional offices as a department. And as we said, the entire portfolio is 10, 1,070 leases. The valid leases, we, are, we have 812 and the leases that are currently expired and on month to month are 258. And then we have terminated 15 leases. The leases that have been terminated is because perhaps the client is moving to another facility or in the case of Telcom Towers, we have leases that we have now terminated or are terminating as and when uh, our client moves into the Telcom Towers. The department has, uh, is embarking on a drive to renew all expired leases so that we do not have month-to-month -month, uh, leases because they attract a very bad um, audit outcome. And that is the spread as we, as we speak currently. Next slide, please. Um, oh, sorry, the, the slide before. Thank you. The slide before just highlights the, the high sites. So these are the leases that we have for high sites for communication towers and also broken down per portfolio. I mean, per province, and we have got 268 in total uh, leases for, for high sites. Those that are valid are 204, and we have 57 uh, expired leases, and three have been terminated for the high sites. Next slide, please. Thank you. So on this slide, uh, Chairperson and Honorable Members, what we're trying to do is to highlight the challenges that we are facing as a department and perhaps the challenges that we're understanding the clients to be having as we are doing, as we are engaging with the clients on a day-to-day basis. We do experience delays in issuing, issuing mandates for us to renew leases. And this is a general problem. It's not just a subspecific problem. We do experience challenges in when the leases are supposed to not to expire at first before we renew the leases. But sometimes we find ourselves actually running into month-to-month -month leases while we're still engaging with clients to to be able to renew their leases, or at least to understand if they still want to stay in those facilities, or would they like us to find an alternative accommodation for them. And then we also experience delays in, conf in confirmation of funding. After a lease has been procured, we have a business process where we engage the client to say, we have procured a lease for you, or have renegotiated a lease for you, and this is the cost. Before we sign a lease agreement, we need that confirmation of funding there are delays in that regard as well in certain instances. The other challenge that we're having um, as a department is that we then you get mandates to renew leases that are very short periods. 
which then increases our cost. It causes high cost in, the, in terms of the rate per square meter that we, we pay. And we also have diminished bargaining power of what we can demand the landlords to do in terms of upgrades or get a more intensive maintenance program because the lease is so short and obviously the, the, from an investment perspective, it does not make sense. And obviously the administrative burden that comes with renewing leases almost on a, on, on a turnover of three years. So we would like, um, we will talk about it in, in later slides, we would like to, to, to negotiate for longer periods so that we can obviously achieve the opposite of, 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 of these challenges. The, the, the challenge of us not executing um, uh, instructions on time, this is a, a problem that we are experiencing as a department, not necessarily a problem uh, for, 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 that is caused by the client, but it's an internal problem that we have within the department that we are now managing and trying to make sure that when we receive a procurement instruction from a client, we try and ex execute it as, um, as fast as possible. And then on the second uh, uh, box, they, we, we, this is us trying to contextualize the issues that the client is experiencing in this list, in this list facilities that we have. Poor maintenance um, uh, by landlords. And in many cases, I think in Devon, we have the biggest problem of a landlord that has got a monopoly and they are not maintaining their buildings as we would like to, as we would like to see. And because there are no, not many facilities where we can go and we have this back and forth. And obviously there is some poor contract management that can be attributable to public works as well. We do have old and dilapidated stock in certain towns and in certain areas, there's simply no accommodation at all. And we would go out on tender three to four times before we could actually find someone to offer us accommodation. And the delays in procurement processes are already addressed um, in the previous box. Next slide, please. So what we're trying to achieve with our lease renewal program, we are trying to reduce the, the leasing budget and achieve savings. As we may have had in previous conversations that our leasing budget has gone up beyond 4.5 billion, and we would like to bring that down. Our target is 100 million for this financial year. Previous financial year, we've achieved 273 million rent in savings. And um, we also want to reduce over-reliance in private leases. Uh, which is obviously one of the things that has been identified by the Auditor General. And it's a problem that we are, we, we are addressing in the department. Um, I think what may have created this is that in, in, when we achieved our, our democracy, the demand for service was coming at a much higher rate than our rate of, 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 of construction. And therefore, we found ourselves with more leases than we have on, on, on state-owned. But that is what we're trying to um, uh, to. To, to address as a department. Introduction of procurement reform. This one is a problem that we are experiencing as a department where we go out on tender to, 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 uh, to, to acquire accommodation and we struggle to find uh, suitable accommodation. So what we're trying to do is to establish a list uh, portal that is going to give us an indication of what accommodation is available where, and this will cut down our procurement processes by, by more than half so that we, 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 we are able to provide accommodation at a much faster rate. We have, a we have a property empowerment policy that was approved in 2018 that we're trying to implement. And this is now linked to the list terms that we should give to, or that we would like to give to qualifying entities that have got the proper uh, triple BEE uh, credentials. Thank you.
Next slide, please. So one of the programs that we're trying to, to, to implement in, 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 in changing the dynamics of, 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 of having more leased facilities than state-owned facilities, for smaller properties, we're looking at a program called Lease to Own. We have su successfully implemented one of these in Johannesburg, where we have entered into a longer-term lease for a police station that will then revert to the state at the end of the, of the lease term. If we can have an engagement with SAPS in terms of what, what leases or what um, uh, facilities we would like to engage on or to, to achieve this list to own, it will go a great uh, deal in reducing our reliance in list facilities. There are leases, uh, list, list, I mean, facilities that have been leased for far too long. And if we had engaged on this program previously, it would have now yielded a situation where we are owning some of those facilities. And this is a conversation like, that we would like to build on with, um, with the client so that we take it forward. Thank you. This, um, the next uh, program that we are embarking on is the precinct planning and development. Um, you would have seen in, uh, in, 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 in Swani, we have a big uh, precinct that we are developing for, for government offices. And this is the Salvacov, the Salvacov precinct. We 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 have uh, we have a memo, a cabinet memo that was approved in 2001 that directs that uh, headquarters of various departments must be in the in the CBD. The outright purchase of of telecom towers was also trying to achieve achieve the same. So in terms of state-owned facilities, we've got 14 national governments that occupy 750,000 square meters in and around Tswane. Can move on. Next slide, please. Thank you. So the, 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 the precinct planning and development uh, strategy is also earmarked for facilities or at least for areas where we are unable to get accommodation, where we can look at various uh, service delivery nodes, and then we can build precincts on those various areas. Like I said, the one that we have started currently and is underway is the Salvacop one that is looking at the development of 360,000 square meters for four national government departments and, uh, in, and is currently executed jointly between ourselves as public works, national treasury and the city of Tuani. Thank you. The next strategy that we are uh, embarking on is called the refurbish, operate and transfer um, strategy, where as a department, we're looking at buildings that we are not util utilizing um, efficiently or we need a capital uh, injection on those facilities to upgrade so that we can then accommodate our clients. In this particular scheme, we have uh, uh, identified a few uh, uh, buildings where we would like to do a proof of concept and see how that works. And the telecom towers is, is one of those where um, the, the, the next phase of, of, of the telecom towers where we need to upgrade the facilities will be done through the ROG program. And we also have the Public Works House. Those who are familiar with, uh, with Pretoria or where we are as head offices, Public Works, we have a building next to us that is not fully utilized. And we would like to put that um, in the ROT process. We also have the Civitas building where the Department of uh, Health was and has vacated because it has got many um, occupational health and safety challenges. And we would like to put that program, uh, implement that program as well. And in so doing, we would be accommodating more and more uh, of our government departments 
in state-owned facilities and therefore um, cancelling some of the leases that we have wherever feasible. Thank you. Uh, on the devolution of custody and functions um, uh, and, and on functional accommodation for SAPs, the sole reason was to ensure that SAPs acquire police stations through the construction and purchasing of existing one to augment the stock and inject capital um, investment on them. I have already um, spoken to some of the outright purchases that we have uh, embarked on previously. And um, there is a process, and I think my colleague Batu has also mentioned where SAPS is constructing some of the police stations themselves in order to alleviate some of the pressures that we are experiencing as, as the Department of Public Works. Next slide, please. We were also asked to check um, on, on our portfolio of list facilities and rate them in terms of uh, whether they're in a good condition, fair or poor condition. It is uh, unfortunately those that are still in poor condition are very high. Um, but then um, some of the issues are caused by um, where we have rented uh, facilities from municipalities, for instance, they charge us a very nominal rate and they're not willing to, to maintain those facilities. So as a department, we're looking at a strategy where perhaps we could either negotiate um, uh, purchase or, uh, property, or property swaps with these municipalities so that we then have rights to maintain or upgrade those uh, particular facilities. Because with police stations, for instance, the, the police stations are strategically placed in certain areas for ease of access. So you can't just move a police station up and down willy-nilly. So we might have to look at other strategies. How do we then engage those municipalities to actually acquire the said properties and actually um, um, bring them to a, a more habitable status? The issue about renegotiation of leases, I have uh, already um, spoken about, where we would like to get longer-term leases in that way we're able to increase our bargaining power where um, upgrading of those facilities and maintenance of those facilities are concerned. And obviously enforcing maintenance provisions of the lease contracts. We do have a standard operating procedure where we do not sign any lease contract anymore where there is no proper maintenance plan in place. And that maintenance plan is the one that we're saying we need to enforce for at least strengthen how we enforce um, such maintenance provisions in our lease contracts. I think um, that will be the last for the leasing project. Thank you so much, Chairperson and Honorable Members. Thank you. Thank you for the presentation. The Chairperson is still away. She'll be coming back not long. I'll give it back to Acting DG. Are you fine? Uh, Chair, we have part three, which is about the maintenance. Uh, and I would like to invite uh, Advocate Nishi Sharma to take this part uh, and make a presentation in this regard. Is it the last part from you? Indeed, Chair. All right. Thank you. Can we get the presenter?
Uh, good morning, um, honorable members and uh, chair and uh, all um, protocol uh, hereby is um, um, adhered to. Um, in terms of um, facilities management, we've just got um, a quick snapshot of where we are in terms of how we deal with maintenance uh, requirements, specifically um, it's generic to all clients. It's aligned to the NAM framework, which is the National Removable Asset Management Framework. So in essence, what um, facilities management does, we have a blend of preventative as well as corrective maintenance uh, for all user departments. So um, it's just a snapshot that's taken from uh, the NIAM framework to, to give you a sense of how we do the planned and preventative maintenance as well as the corrective. Um, and then you have uh, term contracts that have been implemented um, in most facilities to ensure that there is uh, both a blend of preventative as well as uh, corrective or reactive maintenance. We also carry out condition-based assessments of the facilities to actually identify what are the risk areas within a particular facility. And then based on that, um, we, we try and put in a requisite strategy to talk to that. So in terms of actions for, for the preventative maintenance, we've got servicing and maintenance actions. Um, and then we've got inspections through condition assessments, um, and that's carried out through testing and monitoring. Now, when it comes to corrective maintenance, I think most client users and SAPS will know it as the day-to-day um, uh, -day maintenance or the planned maintenance uh, as well. So here um, we have calls that are logged by the client department and then inspections and assessment of it are carried out and thereafter we get a service provider to go out and actually uh, provide the service. Uh, next slide, please. So currently, uh, our maintenance strategy uh, delivery mechanisms is where we're looking at a total facilities management uh, contract, uh, which is also referred to as the one-stop shop, where you, um, you know, currently you have term contracts with multiple service providers, but the TFM will have one service provider that will be providing all the maintenance requirements for a particular facility. So it will encompass multiple disciplines to ensure that there's uh, optimal functionality of the built environment. And then there's also the issue of integration of people, places, uh, processes, as well as what's imperative is technology as well. So the, the total facilities management contract is actually split into two areas. You've got the hard and the soft services. So the hard services talks to the fabric of the building um, where you've got your critical components as well. And then your soft services are the ones that just ensure that your facility is actually pleasant to work in. So it's like, you know, ensuring your cleaning um, and, and those things are in place to, to make sure that the environment that the employees are in is, is conducive as well. Uh, next slide, please. So currently the TFM uh, model is as uh, you see before you, we've got um, the, it, it will be done in-house. We've got a DPW um, I uh, procured panel. So we've, we've, we will generally uh, engage with our uh, counterparts as in the user department, and we will carry out a condition assessment. And then based on the condition assessment, um, and we will then uh, do a detailed scoping exercise with cost estimates. And then we will have the um, end user who will be in this instance, uh, SAPS who will sign off 
on the scoping as well as the estimate, and then we will put in uh, the TFM. Now, what is outsourced uh, from this particular model is your labor, as well as the call center, which is your, um, you know, your ICT technology. And then we will ensure that through the TFM, you will have your uh, service providers that will be providing the commensurate services through the TFM. So it'll be one body that will ma make sure sure that your multiple disciplines, be it mechanical, electrical, or uh, building, are all provided through the um, TFM contract. Uh, next slide, please. So currently for um, the current financial year, uh, our key focal um, facility is Telcom Towers North, which is part of what we call the phase 1B of TFM implementation. So the um, scoping exercises have been uh, conducted and the budget has been approved through the relevant uh, committees. And then we've also written or applied to National Treasury for exemption from the current moratorium based on the uh, ruling of the constitutional court. So we are currently providing interim maintenance to the facility through day-to-day uh, -day, uh, call logging. We've also got our uh, in-house workshops uh, through the Pretoria Regional Office that provides some maintenance requirements. And then we've got five site-based technical personnel that are always at Telcom Towers if anything is um, uh, a challenge or if there's any uh, problems with the facility, they are there uh, on hand to assist. And as the acting DG has also mentioned that we will be increasing the uh, delegation on day-to-day -day, uh, maintenance from 100,000 to a million. So it will give the uh, an opportunity for greater scope when it comes to maintenance requirements on day-to-day -day specifically. So um, I've also mentioned uh, previously that we've got uh, term contracts in place. So the term contracts are, um, are considered mini TFM, but the challenge there is you've got multiple service providers that are actually providing the services. So um, there's a suite of uh, both hard and soft services that are provided through um, the uh, term contracts. So these are based on uh, component criticality as well um, as, uh, you know, the facility uh, holistically when we are assessing it. And it's important that we mention that this is aligned to the uh, National Immovable Asset Ma Management, sorry, Maintenance Management Framework. And we try and ensure that there are longer term contracts that range from 20, 24 months to 36 months. It allows uh, a better uh, service scope when, when the term contracts are longer. So term contracts for hard services, it's important to note, like I mentioned, uh, when it comes to mechanical, electrical and building, it's uh, or a combination of the trades, you can use uh, a different service providers. And, and what happens here is that you have both your preventative, as mentioned earlier as well, your interval-based and your condition-based uh, approaches, as well as your corrective maintenance, which talks to your, um, you know, breakdowns or failures that are not actually scheduled or um, you, you're not aware that it's going to happen. So it's basically a way of reactive. So on the other hand, the term contracts for um, ter uh, soft services, this talks to your cleaning, hygiene, pest control, uh, landscaping, and security um, is a single, uh, or it can be a single category. So this generally is obviously something that's guided by the user. And then um, when we are targeting uh, facilities, 
most of the assets uh, do not make it to form part of the TFM list uh, as they are offered uh, per building. So it's important that we have that engagement when we are dealing with it. Um, so sometimes you'll have a mixture of a TFM as well as some term contracts to assist and support the um, uh, the, the term contractor, uh, sorry, the TFM contract as well. Next slide, please. So here you have a breakdown of what we've got in place. So you have your cluster term contracts, which is um, where you have different services that are clustered together, depending on the facility uh, density, which is, uh, you know, the size and scoping of it. So you'll have one contract for several buildings within a facility, because generally sometimes there's a misconception that a facility is one building, but you'll have a facility with multiple buildings as well as multiple users. So you might have have one term contract that is servicing um, that facility, uh, inclusive of all the buildings and the uh, occupants, or you might have a cluster that can be uh, per precinct, city and town, or district, uh, or any other form of classification. Generally, this you will find in your bigger uh, city areas, like for instance, if you look at Cape Town or Durban, and in some instances, um, other regions tend to cluster their term contracts. So they'll have one service provider that will go out and, and provide uh, the same service to various facilities or of a specific area. So we've also got uh, the DPW workshops um, and handymen. Uh, this is a, a delivery model that is based on uh, our own in-source uh, in resources through uh, facilities management. So we'll have um, a hybrid of uh, workshop resources deployed as and when they are required to, uh, to, to carry out the preventative and corrective maintenance. And also there's a deployment of site-based handyman to perform the first line maintenance. Like we mentioned at Telcom Towers, we've got the six officials that are based there. And this is also considered a stopgap measure during transition between contracts. So when you are moving from a term contract to a TFM, for example, you have that um, interim uh, solution there to ensure that there's um, you know, um, service delivery performed or maintenance requirements that are performed as well. So your corrective day-to-day -day maintenance is based on corrective maintenance. This is also um, the stopgap measure when it comes to the contract transition for a longer term uh, contract, such as your total facilities management contract or your term contract, or work that might be uh, carried out through workshops. And then other than that, all corrective maintenance generally falls within any of the above offerings. So even if you might have a TFM in place or you might have term contracts in place, there's always that potential risk where you might need to have corrective maintenance carried out. Or sometimes it's also term reactive where you need to go out and ensure that there's functionality within a specific facility. Uh, next slide, please. So here we've got um, the requirements in terms of the uh, minimum suite of contracts, term contracts that we have developed, and uh, they are criticality-based. So this is just a snapshot that gives you a sense of 
what we consider as, as high critical uh, components. Um, and then this is categorized per coloring. You've got your red, which is also aligned to your OHS to ensure that there's optimal uh, functionality within a facility. And then you've got your critical components under yellow, and then your important components as well that's uh, you know, categorized in terms of priority. So it gives you a sense of how the term contracts are created and developed and how they are focused when it comes to criticality of a particular facility. So we can move to the next slide, please. So um, it's important to note that the term contracts are spread across all. We've got 11 regional offices and they service various, uh, you know, SAPS facilities. And this is obviously an ongoing program. And all departmental uh, users have, um, including uh, SAPS, have now been given the 1 million delegation to attend to non-technical maintenance calls. And a list uh, of term contracts and facilities will be provided to the portfolio once all the information has been received from the regions because we're currently um, finalizing our, our annual report so we can provide uh, the list of the term contracts as well as the facilities to the uh, committee once requested. Um, next slide, please. I think this is the end, but... Uh... So in terms of uh, capacity, um, it's important uh, to note that the maintenance delivery mechanisms requires extensive technical skills, which is uh, inclusive of your um, you know, um, term uh, contract management. And I think the DDG uh, contract project management also highlighted this. So before implementation of any contract, be it a term contract or a TFM, we need to carry out scoping of services, uh, associated costs, and needs that need to be carried out. And uh, it is important to note that there is a gap in the current skill set. And it is for this reason that the department has acquired a multidisciplinary uh, professional team to assist while a more permanent solution of insourcing uh, of resources within the branch is sought. So project implementation, a turnaround, uh, we cannot deny is often long. And asset renewal program has been established to try and assist, uh, especially around uh, replacement of like-for-like -like critical components. So this will assist in facilitation of a speedier replacement and repair of critical components, utilizing a ring fence budget in order to reduce the black backlog of plan maintenance. So uh, it's important to note that those components that are considered critical for functionality of a police station can now be replaced utilizing this particular strategy or program. Uh, next slide, please. So um, I think one of the challenges that uh, we are facing holistically is that the budget for maintenance is not necessarily aligned to the size as well as the condition of the portfolio. Um, which is, is um, a continuous risk factor because maintenance has not been prioritized uh, as, as, as it should be. Because if we are able to put in plans, you know, uh, put in place plans and commensurate budgets, then it will obviously reduce the, the risk that we are facing currently. There's a centralized custodial responsibility with a decentralized budget authority. Um, and now it's obviously, it used to be, um, uh, set at a specific amount and then now we've uh, expanded that to allow our users to carry out more maintenance that are non-technical. I think all of us are aware that we've got a massive aging portfolio and a 
high uh, maintenance backlog and in fund of the portfolios renewal program. And this negatively impacts on maintenance because the delays there obviously impacts on how soon we can effect uh, you know, maintenance and ensure that the, the there's optimal service delivery. Um, the other major, major challenge is to also take cognizance of the fact that it, we cannot uh, maintain obsolete assets. So it's important that uh, when it comes to facilities management specifically, we need to ensure that when we are maintaining a particular asset or a component, it has to be uh, functional. So if they are irreparable or require replacement or refurbishment, or there's unavailability of space, this has a ripple effect on the day-to-day -day maintenance and budgetary challenges uh, within um, the maintenance ambit. Uh, next slide, please. So that's the end of my presentation. I'll hand back to you, Chair. Thank you. Um, okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, do we have the next? Chairperson, thank you very much. This was the end of our presentation. Thank you, thank you, DG. Uh, DG, uh, you and your team will be staying with us, uh, with your honorable minister. So um, that was the indication I received. Um, you are nodding your head. Thank you, honorable DG. Um, honorable minister of police and deputy minister of police, uh, you will introduce your presentation. Thank you very much, Minister Delo for that very succinct and very detailed uh, presentation. That's the kind of detail we needed. Um, thank you very much for preparing so well, uh, DG Moemi. Um, we really appreciate the information that you have brought us today. The committee has really been looking forward to this for a very long time. And uh, I'm happy that we could get to this agreement today. Honorable Minister and Deputy Minister, of police. Thank you very much, Chair. Uh, Chair, I will hand over to the Deputy Minister uh, for preliminaries, uh, short preliminaries before the uh, actual presentation by the, by the team. Thanks, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Minister. Uh, Honorable Deputy Minister. No, th thanks very much, Chair. And uh, good morning to you. Good morning to members of the uh, to members of the committee. Um, good morning, uh, Minister Kelle and uh, Minister Dilil, National Commissioner and Acting uh, DG of the department, together with your delegation. Uh, I think what we can say from our side is to appreciate to appreciate uh, this interaction that we are we are having uh, through your initiative uh, chair uh, that today we are here together with public works to uh, account to the people of South Africa through the committee that is representing uh, the National Assembly here. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a good experience and it will help everybody to have an insight or a deeper understanding of the construction 
environment, which is mainly led by the infrastructure department led by Minister Delil. You can see in terms of the presentations here that they are highly technical. It's a professional space and it needs to be meted with professionalism if we are to make progress. Uh, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a department with regard to the services that uh, we need to, 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 to procure. And of course, uh, you will agree with me that uh, a closer collaboration between SAPS and public works is necessary. Uh, we should uh, try, bes- beside being together here, making a joint, uh, making a present, appearing before your chair, it will be important that beyond this, there is closer collaboration between uh, SAPS and the uh, public works so that where there are weaknesses uh, uh, on either side, we should uh, speedily respond to those so that we don't delay the services that uh, we need to, 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 de- to deal with, to provide to, to our people. And the issues that uh, they mentioned here around uh, the limitation with regard to maintenance, I think those are issues that uh, we will have to ensure that we we plan and we put resources aside for them because without maintenance, infrastructure dilapidates and uh, it becomes very expensive for you to can come and uh, and uh, and resuscitate resuscitate that. Uh, with those few words, I will allow through you, Minister, we request the National Commissioner to to lead in the presentation of uh, what we have prepared uh, as SAPS. Uh, National Commissioner, through you, Minister and Chair, thank you. Thank you very much, Honorable uh, Deputy Minister Police, Minister Police, uh, National Commissioner General, you may introduce who is going to do the presentation. Thank you, National Commissioner. General Masimola, are you ready? Thank you very much, Honorable uh, Chairperson, and uh, Ministers, Deputy Ministers, and DG Public Works. Honorable uh, Chair, our presentation will be led by uh, Major General uh, Sitole. Issues that I can just highlight very quick, uh, which hate, which are some of uh, the matters that are quite uh, problematic in our space. Uh, there are areas like uh, that, for example, your Parkwork Police Station in Bloemfontein has been under construction for over five years. Police members are working in a construction site where there is dust, there is everything, and the, 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 the renovation is just not finishing. Uh, again, in the free state, one metric base, honorable uh, chairperson, the protection and security services division component, which is situated in the free state, they are sitting without an office for over two years. Uh, the day come when audit has to be done, we definitely going to be in trouble uh, because it can be that members work from their homes. And of course, telecom towers, I think is quite well known that uh, 
is a building that we're supposed to be occupying, but up to now we are uh, occupying one of the towers, which the nine are not, you're not yet occupied, and there doesn't seem to be indication when will this uh, happen. And uh, of course, also uh, one needs to also mention the matter around the police stations that are owned by municipalities, which has been a challenge for long and is still a challenge. We can't maintain them, we can't do anything, but they are on day to day, they are going to relate. Uh, I'll allow General Sitole to take us through the presentation. Thanks, Honorable uh, Chairperson. Uh, thanks, General Masmola, General Sitole. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Uh, um, greetings to the Chairperson and all the members um, of the committee and the National Commissioner, the Minister of Police and the Deputy Minister, and all the generals on the platform. In our presentation, we have covered um, the following. We have the infrastructure development program, which includes our capital works and plan maintenance. We've given the background and the budget allocation, the um, DBW projects that they are executing on our behalf and challenges, our five-year infrastructure program, uh, the status of the 21 construction police, uh, of police stations projects that are in the SPS annual performance plan, and then we've included our challenges and um, some way forward in terms of the solutions that we are proposing. Then uh, section two is our lease management. Uh, we've included the status of our leases and the leases that are linked to telecom towers with a financial um, implication and the leases that were terminated during the last financial year and the lease agreements that were renewed outside the subs mandate and, and the challenges that are leading to, to leases that are affecting um, service delivery. Now, in terms of section one, we just gave the background of the devolution of the custodial functions to the SAPS uh, by the Minister of um, Department of Public Works and the memorandum of agreement, which was signed between um, the two departments with Minister Treasury. And um, safe to indicate that at this moment, we have uh, 74 police stations in Eastern Cape that are devolved. Free State, we've got 20. In Gauteng, we've got 12. KwaZulu Natal, we've got 39. In Nipopo, is 20. And Pumalanga, we've got 38. Northwest is 8. And Northern Cape is 22. Western Cape is 56. We are currently standing at 289 devolved police stations, which are. Uh, the, the responsibility of um, SAPS in terms of maintenance and um, additional new police stations that must be built. Um, one of the conditions that were set when the custodial functions were delegated was that the SAPS need to um, appoint um, technical staff in terms of engineers, architects, and quantity surveyors in order to ensure that the devolution agreement or the execution of the functions comply and are within the building regulations and um, instructions. Now, in terms of the budget um, that was um, allocated by the National Treasury, one uh, change or transformation that has been brought um, in terms of the budget allocation was that 
this current financial year, the National Treasury indicated that while they um, allocating the budget, they will, will not be able to spend any cent unless we submit the project-based template, which um, indicates all our uh, project list, uh, uh, taking into consideration the sub-projects and the PW projects that must be firstly approved by the National Treasury. The submission was made uh, during February and it was approved by National Treasury in March on the 23rd. And one of the issues that National Treasury gave um, as a directive was that we need, um, in terms of the previous uh, um, uh, underperformance or underspending, that we, we um, have a contingency reserve of 20%. And uh, one other directive was that on a quarterly basis, we need to submit then the project progress report, and which then they will use to evaluate in terms Uh, General, it seems like uh, you have lost uh, sound. We can't hear you. Uh, uh, Thank you, DM. I thought it's from my side and I was trying to get my own network right. Uh, um, uh, General? I'm not sure if they... General, we're losing you. Thank you, DM. I was thinking it's from my side, but it's clear it's from your side. Yeah, if if she can close uh, close your camera, General, I think your network is a bit uh, weak. Thank you, thank you, DM. Thank you, Chairperson. Yes, you audible now. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you very much. Uh, I was at um, just summarizing the allocation for 2022-2023, which is 960 million, and then the allocation total for 23-24 is a billion and. Uh, 3 million and uh, for 24-25 is a billion and 48 million. And uh, continue with the um, the budget for DPW, which has been unpacked for site clearance, planning and design and construction, uh, totaling to the 397 million. And for SAPS, which also takes in the phases of um, construction, which is site clearance, planning and design, construction, and uh, inclusive of the security upgrades, our repair and upgrade at police stations and the establishment of the disabled facilities um, at police stations and the uh, installation of generators, the electrical upgrades and the air conditioners, which uh, um, totals the, and the, the, the 960 million. Now, relating to the, to, the, to the amount that has been allocated to DPW for the projects that have been uh, allocated, as indicated, as, as uh, presented by the uh, DDG, uh, the 393, which was uh, capital works, and the plane maintenance, which is 112. The only issue that I can indicate, Jefferson, is that 
the, the, the issue of the difference in terms of the, the project is that we are just still waiting for the final document because we had a meeting last week, the final document of confirmation of the total number of projects that are funded and the total amount as that need to be uh, referred to the National Treasury for approval as they are a, a projects that were not part of the, the approved document initially. And um, it's, as soon as we receive that, that will be confirmed and referred to National Treasury for for them to approve so that then we can then confirm the funding for projects that have been... And then with regard to the, to the challenges... It seems as if we have lost you again. It really isn't from my side. I'm on a generator, honorable members. Uh, I have load shedding, but it's definitely not from my side. A uh, general, we've lost you again. Um, I'm not sure if now I'm audible. Yes, you're audible. Do you have a stable yes. network because we keep on losing you? And it's definitely I, I, on I, your side. I, I think now it will be fine. Thank you. You may continue. Uh, Chairperson, I was indicated that in terms of our um, uh, challenges uh, with regard to the projects that are executed by National Department of Public Works on our behalf, one specific issue is that we have got a protected um, uh, time in delay of projects. Um, we have. My, um, my apologies. You, you have an echo. Uh, there's another sound in the background. Could that person who's with you please mute the mic? Thank you, Chairperson. One, one serious challenge that we have is the issue of the protected time that um, in terms of the delay taking a, um, a long time with regard to the delivery of projects. We have a, a project that has been on site clearance for more than 15 years, which was a, a, a registered in 2005, which is Apple, that has been in the media, that has been uh, inquiries from the council, uh, traditional council, all those, uh, the communities, um, which has been a serious problem. And um, we, 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 we have intervention projects where we have uh, police stations that doesn't have water, where the water tanks were supposed to be installed, where there's no generators at all, um, where the security and um, where in 2019 we agreed that that interventions need to be executed agently. But the challenge that we have is that up to now, uh, some of them are still on site clearance, some of them are still on planning and design just to put a water tank, which um, we engaged uh, DBW to, to fast track the process. Uh, we, we indicated that the best way will be for us to um, not only talk about the the, the platforms for the meetings or the inter engagement, but to, to physically uh, see it so then we can have um, an integrated project delivery strategy that will then be approved. And then we know that we can then uh, um, have a, a process that will be able to can uh, monitor the, the, the implementation or execution of projects. The protected the, the time, especially in terms of the plant maintenance projects. I think that the serious problem is communication where we don't have um, the, the clear indication of when the project are starting and when will they be uh, um, uh, finishing and, and influenced by the, flag, the fact that DBW um, 
introduce a moratorium that we are not well aware because we've written so many letters, but we did not get a response in terms of the feedback of the whether the moratorium is in place or the moratorium was uplifted. Now, the other issue that uh, we have is the performance in terms of the appointed service providers, especially the projects. I think the National Commissioner has already covered in terms of the park road, um, which is a um, health hazard and uh, um, in terms of the, the condition under which the members are working. It is not the only one. There are many of them um, where, where we have um, contractors that have uh, not uh, performed and um, even implementing agents that have not performed where we have a serious problem of um, a condition when that what the nature committee has mentioned that they are working while they, there's a construction in progress. Then we indicated there that it, it will be um, appreciated if we can have integrated project monitoring uh, process, uh, which we have actually um, uh, started, though it is not yielding the results that we are expecting, but we have engaged with the DDG to indicate that we need to visit these projects and, and, and on the on-site the, on discuss and, and, and take decisions that will, will, will ensure that the projects are actually resuscitated and uh, proceed. With regard to the quality of work, um, I'm sure the, the chairperson is well aware of the issues that were in the media for Pretoria Central and all the others that um, I problem in terms of the plan maintenance uh, where projects have been um, executed, but the condition hasn't changed at all. And there are critical issues that the members are actually really exposed to, to, to serious um, um, dangers uh, that are not attended to. And um, those uh, contractors are not actually, um, um, you know, the penalties against them in terms of defaulting, uh, um, in terms of the work obligation that they have. Now, in terms of the uh, lack of integrated project service delivery uh, strategy for special projects, we have um, projects that are very, very, um, in terms of the um, costs, that are very high and um, that that need to, that we need to have a, a strategy in terms of alternative means, how we can actually uh, accelerate the program in terms of those construction where uh, they come up to the point of planning and design. And when we have to go on construction, they more than a billion we cannot afford. And, and we need just to come up with an alternative means in terms of what is it that we can do to ensure that those projects are actually executed and not delayed further. The lack of integration in terms of the progress monitoring platform, we just need, um, we just crying for um, the activation of the client uh, um, uh, um, forums um, that are prescribed in the in the in the um, devolution agreement or the SLA that need to actually to be sitting on a quarterly basis. But up to now, for the last five years or so, we do not have the client forums, and it is very very critical in terms of enhancing the communication, uh, because um, even our our written communication is not responded to. I think that that is the worst frustrating in terms of um, the openness, in terms of transparency for communication. Now, one other problem is that um, we, we the, the regional offices that are not supportive in terms of them um, ensuring that the, the subs um, is assisted in terms of those politicians where um, there's an emergency where politicians have um, 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 been bent down, like the examples that we've given from Atal and Sababombu, where we have been crying for or, or 
um, requesting assistance as the communities are suffering in this in this um, um, stations. The the next slide, just in in total um, the total uh, projects for 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 23 is three seventy one. 23, 24 is 173, and 24, 25 is 175, with 25, 26 being 114. There's a summary of the projects that we have for the, for the, for the four financial years that are still starting from the 12 for um, 23, 24, and 24, 25 is 17, and 25, 26 is 11. The ones that must be completed for planning and design, it's um, seven for the current financial year, 14 for 23, 24, 15 for 24, 25, and 21 for 25, 26. And for those that are in execution, um, it's three for, for um, uh, 22, 23, 24, 23, 24 is seven, 24, 25 is 12, and 25, 26 is 9. And um, for the repair upgrade, which we have got four that are prioritized for the current financial year, um, and for the victim-friendly facilities, um, these victim-friendly facilities are the ones that are at non-devolved police stations, which we have approached National Department of Public Works to grant us permission to proceed with the establishment or the placement of uh, victim friendly facilities at these police stations, which totals uh, for the current financial year 20 and 60 for 23, 24, and 59 for 24, 25. And that will be the completion of all the police stations, uh, as these are the only ones that are outstanding. Then, with regard to the accessibility for persons living with disabilities, uh, we've got only two financial years, we, um, which was um, the last financial year, 24 we finalized, and 20 are for the current financial year. Then, for the devolved police stations, that will be the last page of the, the, the projects for the accessibility. We've got um, 13 projects for electrical upgrades and the security upgrades. Uh, the totals for the current financial year is 71 and 69 for um, 23, 24, 45, for 24, 25, and 25, 26 is uh, 41. Then when we come to plan maintenance, I just want to indicate that for the plan maintenance, yes, it's true that the police stations are provided with um, a, a specific amount, which is 100,000 per case for the day-to-day -day maintenance issues. But for the plan maintenance, uh, we have a five, six, six, uh, um, a target of six for 22, 23, that must be finalized. And 23, 24, we've got nine, 24, 25 is 13, and 25, 26, which is eight. And the ones that will be uh, finalized um, uh, in terms of execution is three for uh, plan maintenance in 2023 and two for 2024 and 2425 is 14 and 2526 is 24. And um, the, the 10 uh, plan maintenance for execution at police academies were the interventions that um, um, aimed at ensuring that the condition of the academies um, is improved for those that have been um, recruited at this moment. Um, just step in one, uh, consulting of politician projects that are in the APP, the first four, which is Osutu, Rivers, Mark, and Dale and Kanana, 
as we speak currently, the contractors are on site, construction is in progress, and Siame and Moyeni, the award for the contract has already been done. We're just waiting uh, for the appointment of the health and safety agent for us um, to obtain the construction permit, so then, then we can hand, hand over the site. And the Huku, Dondota, Kwanamdi, and Susan are also in the process of the appointment of the contractor, which is in progress in terms of ensuring that we have the tenor documents uh, ready. Then Paudi and Dafrasak, these two projects are at the BAC um, for approval. The BEC has already finalized. They must just be processed through the BAC for approval of the contractor, which uh, we anticipate that um, the contractor should be on site at least by the end of June or July. The, the next ones, um, these ones are the 13 to 21 are the ones that are um, um, we are busy with the appointment of the consultants uh, in terms of the bids that were advertised that are under evaluation. The only one, which is number 15 and number 21, are the ones that were um, abandoned. The, the, the projects were abandoned by the contractors, which we have prioritized to finalize in this financial year. Both of them, that's Muyesha in Limpopo and Dwarsberg in um, Northwest, which were um, um, projects that were abandoned by the contractors. Now, in terms of the challenges that we um, have highlighted, we indicated that the, the continuous change of the strategy previously had an impact in terms of the uh, negative um, delay um, that created the backlog. The issue of the prototype had an impact in terms of um, the site-specific uh, um, uh, projects that had to be uh, introduced and um, the issue of the site clearances that were not done, which delayed the whole um, um, deep rural program that was the deep rural uh, um, um, program that was top-dated deep rural program that was introduced and which um, created uh, some delays where in some of the uh, um, stations or the sites, um, we find out that the, the municipalities have already taken the sites like in Drifontein. Now, uh, in terms of the problems that we have where we need to re-advertise or advertise the bids due to, for the appointment of the contractors, where we had to re-advertise due to corruption, maladministration, all the manipulation of processes, which the forensic investigators um, are busy with. The issue of the lack of capacity has also um, has, has affected the performance in terms of the critical uh, um, technical staff that we needed. Um, safe to say that um, we have... Um, at least had an approval where <clears throat> engineers um, were appointed and reported for duty uh, from the 1st of April. The other process was the issue that affected us in terms of the litigation process that are taking a long time, which um, we are trying to resolve with the help of legal services. The other issue that was mentioned by DBW, which is also affecting our projects, is the interference and the work stoppages by the small business forums and the construction mafias at our construction sites, which creates a very serious um, um, delay. Then the issue of the dependency in terms of the municipal um, on municipal uh, rezonings and the dependency of um, labor in terms of the construction permits and all the other dependencies um, creates a problem. Then in terms of the lack of performance by contractors uh, leading to um, the, the um, termination of contracts, um, creating problems in terms of delay, and then the issue of the uh, evaluation of bids, which is also uh, affected by the issue of capacity 
and the withdrawal of the uh, consultants in terms of those that have already been uh, uh, appointed and should actually be be uh, proceeding with the job but would terminate because of the maybe delay in terms of the the, the execution of the project and um, the lack of responsive bidders creates a problem and in terms of the way forward um, the we indicated that we have, we had additional capacity that was um, that was um, 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 the, 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 the additional uh, um, capacity that was that was uh, appointed the additional vacant posts that need to be advertised. Then the issue of the regional and establishment of national capacity through the appointment of contract workers, that's one strategy that we're introducing now uh, that will help us in terms of capacity. The issue of uh, considering the use of implementing agents, which will also uh, assist in terms of acceleration of our um, infrastructure development program. And then we explore, we, we also intending to use, um, to explore the use of the triple P approach um, through the help of the Department of National Treasury. And then the issue of um, that we need to, um, we intending to develop a high performance unit comprising of contract workers that will be contracted for five years that will in, um, undertake those special projects and um, utilizing the design and build contract or um, um, alternative building method. Uh, that will assist in terms of accelerating our our uh, program also then with regard to the um the issue of the terms of reference that has been already resolved and that's why we have um, a few um projects that are already um in progress the last slide uh, in terms of the projects um we've already dealt with the issue of the manipulation and uh, there's internal controls that have been put in place then the issue of the site clearances, we are now in a process of uh, re re reviewing our terms of reference, especially uh, in terms of the time that it takes for the site clearances. We need to review that process and shorten the period as sometimes it takes a year or two, which creates a problem. And we want to shorten it at least to six months as um, um, indicated uh, previously. Then um, in order to alleviate the problem of um, uh, interruptions by the communities, we've established that um, um, communication with, with the uh, uh, local communities to ensure that all the leadership are briefed in terms of all the projects that are coming into the into the into the area. Then um, we are in a process of developing also a compulsory mentorship program uh, which will then um, enhance the continuous professional development of our existing members. Then um, we also going to having a submission for large infrastructure proposals to the presidential infrastructure coordinating uh, cancel the 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 by the end of May. Going quickly to to the lease management, we just gave a, a, a background uh, in terms of the mandate for the conclusion of um, lease agreements, and in terms of our um, records, we have got eleven forty three um, leases, of which most uh, um, um, contracts are still outstanding from DBW. And um, this calls for the reconciliation process between ourselves and DBW, ensuring that um, all the um, um, database that we have tallies with the information from DBW. Uh, in terms of the breakdown, we have uh, the fully fledged, fully fledged police stations, the um, leases that are occupied by DBCI, FSL, uh, FCS, and all the others that are totaling to the 1143. Now, those that were terminated during the last financial year, um, it's um, nine, uh, totaling to 5.4 million per year. 
And then those leases that are linked to telecom towers, we've got 29, which are supposed to be um, um, alleviated uh, in terms of the leases when we move with the migration um, process to the outstanding telecom, uh, I mean, telecom uh, towers um, that still need to be made habitable for us to, to occupy. At this moment, we are spending close to 20 million per month um, for all those leases. And we have got 42 leases that were um, renewed outside the subs mandate, as I think um, uh, Mrs. Nyeleti indicated that the shorter periods um, are not working for them. But the, the reason why we, we request uh, that they be um, uh, not be renewed is because we have requested alternative accommodation because of the condition or either the, 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 the except for the condition that we need to 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 ensure that the 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 leases are are, are reduced. Um, the the twenty the, the the next slides refers to the 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 list buildings that are leased from uh, municipal um, uh, municipalities, and we have got twenty nine of them uh, that we have requested um, through engagement with DBW that start, starting from Houteng that these municipalities. And, and buildings be be we negotiate for the purchasing of those buildings so that we are able to maintain them because at this moment on the basis of the fact that the rental that is paid is not market related they are not prepared at all to um, uh, maintain those buildings and therefore uh, create a problem in terms of the, the the condition of the buildings and the condition under which our members are working um Indicating the next slide is that we have a serious problem. The next slide. We have a serious problem when it comes to the leases, uh, where the payment, uh, non-payment of rentals by the Department of Public Works uh, and the municipal services, where we have already, we have, the money is claimed from subs, but it is not paid to the landlord. And this resulting in lockouts and um, uh, buildings being being locked by the landlords. The issue of the lack of maintenance is a serious problem. The issue of the extension on the renewals of leases uh, without consultation. And the, okay, lease, lease agreements, uh, the copies that are outstanding, um, which then in the, uh, um, affect our database um, accuracy. My, my apologies for interrupting you. Um, could you please not read everything and just take out the important parts so okay. That we can okay, Chairperson. Questions. Thank you, Chairperson. The the the, the challenges are, are, are as related um, to the to the to the different um, buildings, but what is critical is the condition and the issue of the non-payment, which leaves um, subs in the cold. What we indicated was that the impact is that we have got evictions and lockouts. What what is critical about this is that uh, when prohibition notices are issued. The only problem that we we will only know in the morning that the building is closed and the members cannot access without any communication. We we need a, an intervention strategy that will then um, resolve the problem um, um, in totality. So that is that is that is um, in in short, um, Chairperson. What uh, that is my last my my last slide, and that that will then um, close the presentation on leases. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, General Massimola, 
before I um, allow the ministers to do their uh, remarks. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chairperson and uh, Ministers here. Uh, that is the, the, the presentation by SAPS, Honorable Chairperson, and uh, thank you very much. I think I did make my remarks at the beginning. Uh, I'm quite happy. Thank you very much, Honorable Chairperson. Thank you very much, National Commissioner. Honorable Member, Minister of uh, Public Works and Infrastructure, uh, could you please make some remarks before we take the questions, if you would like to? Yes, uh, thank you very much. To again, thank you for putting this meeting together by bringing all of us in the same room so that we can find lasting solutions. I just want to say, Honorable Chair, that um, in the background information of the slides by, the, uh, by SAPS, they make a reference that on the 1st of April 2006, uh, the Department of Public Works devolved its maintenance, property rates, municipal service and leasing budget to all user departments. My understanding, Chairperson, is that that mandate is still with the Department of Public Works and Infrastructure. And I will respectfully request if I can see a copy of that. It's the first time that I'm hearing about it. Then also under the third bullet point on the 1st of April 2009, uh, SAPS, uh, the National Treasury and uh, DPWI agreed on the delegation of the custodial responsibilities for functional assets of the 200 police stations with binding conditions. I've also not seen such a devolvement of powers because what I want to check, uh, if I can have a copy of these documents, is when it comes to the custodial responsibilities of a department, uh, it must be done in terms of uh, in terms of section 97 of the constitution by proclamation by the president um, that the president may transfer to a member of the cabinet the administration of any legislation entrusted to another member and any power or function entrusted by legislation to any member. Find out, uh, make sure that the custodial responsibilities of DPWI was transferred in terms of section 97 of the Constitution. So I am a bit lost with, um, with the, the legal framework under which we operate. And if I can be furnished with those documents, it will certainly help. I've also not seen a service level agreement between the Department of Public Works and the police. Uh, if that can also be provided to me. Uh, Honorable Chairperson, I don't know how to describe it, but except to say this is a mess. Um, what I will commit to do is that um, I can um, 
I can get through our external auditors of the department to appoint an independent service provider to assess all of these documentations in front of the committee today and all of the projects. But we have to sort out the legislative framework first. And then uh, with the indulgence of the committee request that we come back to the committee and present that report. I will make sure that it doesn't take longer than a month to six weeks uh, to do the assessment. And then uh, once we have looked at what is the legal commitments of the Department of Public Works and Infrastructure to SAPS, I will acknowledge um, that Minister uh, of Police has on several occasions reported some of these things to me. Uh, and I have made some, some interventions um, in, in the past, uh, especially with Telcom Towers that were started um, more than eight, nine years ago. And, and finally, after billions of rands uh, and an implementing agency of DBSA, uh, we were finally able to move the police just into one section of Telcom Towers. I'm aware because the Minister of Police has reported to us the expense uh, and the cost uh, to the police. And we must make sure that most difficult circumstances under which our police is working and servicing our country and protecting our people, that the conditions under which they operate must be conducive for them to carry out their work. So for me, this is very serious, what I've heard here today, Chairperson. And I really want to make sure that we come to solutions as soon as possible. Uh, there are many, many other problems within the Department of Public Works and Infrastructure in our construction project manager, management. Uh, we have been working on trying to resolve that. But the portfolio of our construction project management department is bigger than even a private sector portfolio. And the tendency just to take on more work and more work, I have to now start engaging directly with the executive authorities of the user department to say what is doable and what is not doable. Yes. We have, I have in the past year, 18 months, we have agreed uh, to uh, delegate some projects to be carried out by various departments. The Department of Justice have selected projects that they will do themselves. Uh, Department of Public Works assist with the uh, technical help like uh, engineers, um, architects, all this professional build environment services. Uh, also with the Department of Sports, Arts and Culture, we've handed back two projects for them to do themselves. And then with the Department of Home Affairs. So there, 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 there is a room without going to the Section 97 uh, of the Constitution 
to agree between the executive authorities which of those pro projects and programs will be done by the relevant departments. So I'm really shocked by what I'm, I'm hearing and seeing today and the extent of the problem. And as I was saying, if I can get all of those documents, Chairperson, I will commit uh, to the committee, to the honorable members, that I will work with the executive authority of the police. That will be my first engagement so that we get to the bottom of all of these concerns raised by SAPS, because we really want to see uh, a, a General Masamula and his team concentrating on what they are supposed to be doing, which is providing a service of police to our country, rather than having to be seized with all of these problems. So that will be my first comment and request, uh, a Chairperson, and I commit uh, to come back to, to the committee once I have received all of that documents. Thank you very much, Honorable Chair. Thank you very much, Honorable Minister. I'm sure you can now realize the extent of the frustration we have had. And I think you can appreciate why as a committee, we were so concerned. And uh, the reason then why we had to call you was not in any way a form of uh, malicious intent, but rather an attempt to get uh, to the bottom of this, since we are receiving regular complaints and the committee is unable to respond to the complaints we receive from the public. Honorable Minister of Police, um, uh, could I first give the deputy or are you going to respond immediately? Honorable Minister of Police. I'll respond, uh, Chair. Uh, it's not a very long response. Uh, Chairperson, every meeting I have with the police management and the DM, it ends by asking the question, can we be given an opportunity of doing these things for ourselves? <laughs> All the meetings without fake. Uh, that, that tells you the problem that we're facing. I want to be practical in just a few things. Uh, Yesterday, I had a meeting, a big meeting, with a team dealing with some issues of Western Cape. I had that meeting in my house. is <laughs> an official residence. We're supposed to have that meeting in the office. I have asked National Commissioner, will remember, the Chief of Staff will remember, when do we have office as a ministry? Uh, those offices have taken more than billions but we can't go there. I was taken there to go and check. I was told that in two weeks, that two weeks has been two months, it's going to be two years and all that. As we meet, as we meet yesterday, I, I looked at the, the water and the drink that we were serving that meeting of about 10 people that were in the house. And that, that is a personal budget because we're not meeting in the office. And uh, th th those meetings, some of them, they need to be secured and you find the place uh, better there in, 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 this, uh, in the uh, uh, official residence, which itself is not very healthy. Chaperson, this office thing, there is an old office, Vahes, 
which I'm told has no electricity, which has been shut down unnoticed and all that, which has been condemned and all. Police have no place to work from the very highest office of the police person. That's one. Two, Chairperson, there is a collaboratory in Mazimtoti. Uh, you know our backlog, you know our problem on, on the laboratory issues. That laboratory has been flooded four times when it is raining, including the last rain, though it was minimal, but it was also flooded. You flood all chemicals, you flood all equipment and all. It is not just flooding the laboratory, you flood the whole system. 10 years ago, Public Works was supposed to build the laboratory in, in Pine Town. That has not. It has changed to find us the alternative in Deben Central. That is not moving forward at all. And who's getting lambasted by not having laboratories working are the police. It's, it's a frustration that you live with knowing very well that you are carrying sins that are not yours. The, the slow pace of movement, yes, there is in Eastern Cape, but it could have been done better. I'm trying to put practical things here. These 42 leases that have been signed without the mandate of the police, I wonder what it means. Uh, because some of those are completely uh, finished buildings. There are 42 of them. Police, you are told the next day that your, your, your lease has been extended, but they say, why are we here? Uh, it, it, for instance, if I can give you a practical example, Chairperson, Vahreis in 2010 was condemned. And then the, the, we were told that the lease was not going to be extended. And the, the, the owners refused to refurbish because it's true they could not have refurbished without, without the lease. But one morning when I was in the gym, I was told by the owners to say they are coming to fix my gym, to fix my office, to fix everybody. As I was asked uh, in the management, I was told that they forgot to tell me that the building has been extended for the next 10 years. <laughs> I condemned the building in 2010. Jefferson, this is a problem we're facing. This thing of landlords uh, being paid by the department, but money doesn't reach them and our office closed down and shut down. Jefferson is such a is one thing that I agree with the minister, we should be really dealing with something that is a core function of this department. But you go to this police station and you sympathize with this police and you, you, you feel for them that they are stationed in the big townships like Umlaz, Shepherd, that station is rotten. That is Umlaz. I'm told it's either is the biggest or second uh, biggest township in the Republic of South Africa. And that station, is number one all the time when it comes to crime, but you go and see how rotten the station is where people are working. We, we are just, we, we have been making this call. Can't we be capacitated? If can't be capacitated, can somebody take us serious as this organization that we're supposed to deliver a serious delivery there? Uh, if, if you go to, uh, I, I think uh, it, some slight, uh, I think, second overview of challenges, where there are blocks, where they're explaining. I agree, Chairperson, with this problem of this 30%, but there is area where they say is community unrest. You go to 
you go to PE, where we're supposed to have a police station. Chairperson, everything, Kabecha is a big city. Everything is imported there. The, 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 the workforce is important. They buy everything from outside. And the communities have the right to rise and say, not in our name, when there is nobody single working here, when nobody buys the material from Kabecha, everything is ordered from Johannesburg. Engineers, not a single one from Kabecha. So communities will rise. And then it will look as if communities are looking down, are fighting the building. Whereas, why would you go to Kabecha and have nobody from Kabecha working in that particular, in that particular project? Those are the things that are self-generated. Those are the problems that are self-generated. Whoever is supposed to do that, that, that project. Jefferson, I don't know whether we need a real serious imbizo or what, but let me tell you, as a South African police service, is one huge, huge frustration that we get. Uh, you, 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 you go to the planning of the police station. I seen Tuze is supposed to be 23, 24. The honorable member Terry Blash was there in 2011 because that station, which is a prefab, was finished 2011, but it's still not built, it's pushed and all that kind of thing. You go to police station like Mzintzini, which is completely out, completely out of communities. And it's almost six years where that is supposed to put where communities is. But to look at it, it's 24, 25. So these, these are the things Chairperson, that you really sit there and frustrate, frustrated where you don't have the place to work. But if you go to the telecom towers, we don't talk about millions, Chairperson. We talk about billions that have been spent there, not millions, billions, but we still don't have the place to work. I, 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 I want to repeat, all the meeting of infrastructure of the police, they end up by asking, what next do we do? Uh, the last one we had, we were asking, can we get alternative capacity? Can we be put in the presidential infrastructure that the minister knows of Dr. Ramhuba? Can, can somebody do anything for us, Jefferson? I'm telling you, we are frustrated, not small, but big. Thanks, Chair. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much, Honorable Minister. Uh, Honorable Minister of Police, I think uh, this committee has shared your frustration and uh, we've realized that we cannot have a silo approach to this and uh, that we cannot solve this on our own as police. Uh, Honorable Minister of uh, Public Works and Infrastructure, we've been going around in circles and uh, this has taken our committee more than two years not to get you here. Uh, Minister, thank you for your cooperation, for uh, uh, talking to me and uh, your, your personal commitment to this. I really, and the committee really appreciates this. But Minister, we, we are at our wit's end. Uh, we are receiving complaints from the public uh, on a daily basis. We have the Central Firearm Registry, which is now packed up in boxes. Uh, because they do not have accommodation, nothing can move. We do not know in our country, we do not know who owns which firearm. 
um, it, it, it is more than a mess. It's a catastrophe. It's a disaster. And uh, we owe it to South Africans to sort this out as soon as possible. We cannot fight crime if we have no basis from which to fight crime. We do not have accommodation. Uh, we've received several complaints. Um, I do not even want to burden you with the number of emails I receive about complaints on this matter. Where staff in the free state are working from home. So it's, it's not even as if they are doing online work. They need to be physically in an office and they do not have an office. Uh, they do not have adequate accommodation. Honorable members, um, let us commit ourselves today uh, not to work in silos, but um, to have a joint approach to solving the problems at hand. Um, now we can all understand how enormous these problems are. Uh, honorable, with honorable ministers, um, it is now 11. Um, do you still have, I hope that you still have time for our questions and uh, that you will also be um, allowed at the end of the meeting to do some responses and comments. So I please appeal to the ministers uh, to bear with us and to stay with us. Um, honorable members, could you please now only focus on two questions? I'm not going to allow more than two questions or else we'll be asking a host of questions and we will not allow any responses. Honorable Whitfield, Honorable Tablanche, and then Honorable Grunewald in that order. Honorable Whitfield. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Uh, this has certainly been an informative meeting, and thank you to both ministers for their uh, presentations. Um, Chair, I, I don't know that two questions will suffice, but I will adhere to your rule uh, and in the hopes that we can have a, a follow-up meeting of this nature as soon as possible. Uh, this is one of the most critical factors affecting the South African Police Service, and uh, we've seen for ourselves the state of the buildings under management of the Department of Public Works, which is completely unacceptable. Chair, my, my first question relates to creditors. I would like to know from the Department of Public Works and Infrastructure, how many creditors uh, related to the South African Police Service are on your books and what is the total outstanding payments owed for 30, 60 and 90 days respectively? And this question relates primarily to rentals and rates and tariffs. And the reason I ask this question, Chair, is because the forensic laboratory in Nelson Mandela Bay, and I'm sure the minister is uh, aware of this, certainly the minister of police would be aware of this, is the Eben Dongas building in Nelson Mandela Bay. The municipality threatened to disconnect that building uh, that houses the forensic laboratory because it owed the municipality 21 million rand or more in electricity tariffs. And I suspect that this is a problem across the country. We know it was a problem at the Criminal Records Center in Pretoria, which led to the doors being locked when the landlord disputed the uh, rental payment from the department. And my concern in this question, Chair, is the complete failure to manage creditors and cash flow, because the assumption is made, and certainly from the information I have, is that the South African Police Service pays its monies over to the department and the Department of Public Works fails to pay that money on to either the landlord or the relevant 
authority, such as the municipality. So insofar as SAPS is concerned, it appears that the Department of Public Works is operating a positive cash flow balance. And so I think it's important we understand who they owe, how much they owe, for how long they owe, and what the risks are of premises like a forensic laboratory being shut down, just like the criminal record center was. Uh, Chair, my second question relates to two facilities, and that is the Excelsior building on Ridge Road in Etequini, which has received significant negative coverage in the media. This is a building that is um, housing South African police service members, but predominantly now has been overrun by vagrants. Uh, the community is outraged. Nothing is being done uh, by the Department of Public Works that we're aware of. And I'd like some feedback on what steps are being taken in respect of the Excelsior building in Etequini, as well as the Walmart Township Satellite Police Station in Nelson Mandela Bay, which was a municipal building, which ultimately became in, uninhabitable for the South African Police Service, and they had to leave. So the crisis is very real, Chair. Those are my two questions. The one relates to cash flow and, and credit to management and payment of tariffs, et cetera. And the other one relates very specifically to two facilities, the Excelsior uh, uh, building on Ridge Road in Etiquini and the Walmart Township Satellite Police Station. Thank you very much. Um, on, thank you, Honorable Whitfield. Honorable members, I have re received a request from the Honorable Minister Dallo uh, to step out to present um, to Cabinet. Uh, uh, Deputy Minister, unfortunately, is not available today. So the Acting DG, if you could also just um, note the questions that have been asked, the Minister will uh, return after her presentation to Cabinet. Um, Honorable Tablanche, uh, thank you, Minister. You are excused. Uh, thank you for being your Minister. I will be coming chairperson. Thank you. Thank you for that, Honourable Minister. Um, Honourable Tabla. Chairperson, thank you. Um, I want to start by thanking the two ministers to, you know, for being here this morning and obviously their delegation, you know, accompanying them. And as you explained, this whole meeting is very, very much overdue. Um, you know, we saw from the reaction from both ministers, the necessity, well, the seriousness of the situation, but then also, you know, uh, the necessity for such a meeting. And I'm very happy that we as the committee was able to introduce this two departments to one another. Uh, it was the General Sitoli that said that apparently for the last five years, they couldn't manage to have a meeting with public works. Now, that is really very, very serious, Chairperson. Um, you know, my first question is, you know, obviously I've got questions, you know, a few hundred of them. But my first question is, is the Veritas building still occupied by the police? And are the police aware or public works aware that that is a criminal offense to accommodate people in a condemned building? That is my first question. Secondly, Chairperson, I, I want to know why it takes Public Works 14 years plus, you know, for the construction of a police station, and yet it's not finalized yet. 
chairperson, we cannot. We cannot go on like this. And obviously, I'm looking forward to the day. The last thing that I want to ask chairperson is, have they done a, a condition assessment of all the police stations? Thank you, chairperson. Uh, thank you, Honorable Tablanche. Honorable Gurnoval, Tenshin Beni, Merekwa, Siabi, and Molekwa. Um, Honorable Gurnoval. Um, uh, thank you, Honorable uh, Chair. Chair, I want to start to say that it is a pity that the Honorable Minister for Public Works have to leave. And I understand it's a cabinet meeting, but with great respect, with the an important issue like this, uh, we should maybe look at a situation where we can have meetings on a Tuesday, where there are no cabinet meetings and where the ministers are available. For me, it was, or it is actually essential that the Minister for Public Works also hear what the members has to say. I mean, uh, and I also want to start by saying that this morning, I agree with both ministers. The frustration expressed by the Honorable Minister for Police, we know we're coming for years with that frustration. And I say years, the Honorable Minister referred back to 2011, 2010. It's true. It's 2022. I mean, if we look at the uh, projects, we see that 60% of projects when it comes to police stations uh, are more than five years, 60% of that. Now, Chairperson, so I agree with the Honorable Minister for Police and something must speedily be done to solve that problem. But I also agree with the Honorable Minister for Public Works. At least she was honest. She said it is a mess. It is a mess, yes. Chairperson, this presentation this morning actually is proof of the inability, the, in, the, um, the incompetence of the Department of Public Works, the total collapse of the most important department to ensure that there's proper housing and buildings for members of the civil service to do their job and chairperson you cannot expect someone to do a job if you don't give the tools to do that and accommodation a police station is part of the tools of the trade to ensure that police function uh, properly to fight crime now my question is actually if we look at this presentation and that's why i say i agree it's a mess it's more than a mess Miss, uh, on slide uh, number five, the overview of challenges. Generally underperforming contractors and service providers. Disputes, contractors experiencing cash flow problems. Delays in concluding designs. Requesting more budget. The root causes, it says, is the reluctance by project managers to apply terms of contract in dealing with poor performance. Project managers not implementing proper time management against consultants. Internal professional taking time to review designs and over ambitious project managers when requesting allocations. And further, it also says 
the demands on 30% subcontracting. I suppose that is the construction mafia and labor pay disputes and indecisive clients. Now, Chairperson, if you look at that, it is actually saying that all projects, you don't have competent people, you don't have competent project managers. But what I can't understand, now we say that we have to look at consequential management. Chairperson, I want to know from the Department for Public Works, how is it possible that you can go into agreements, but you don't have consequence management? For instance, if there is a time delay, that certain fines uh, applies to that specific contractor and whoever is doing the job. I don't understand it. And if it is there, then why do they do not ensure that they comply to that? If you further look, Chairperson, it says, for instance, that because of the, the, the disputes during ex execution stages of the contract, why do we have those disputes? What are those disputes? What I want to say, in essence, the core of the problem is that there is not proper project management. That is the presentation from the department itself. So if this is only when we look at the police part of their responsibilities, I can just imagine how it looks overall. So my question, Chairperson, to the Honourable Minister is, how are you going to address this? Because this is the core of the problem. She refers at one stage to uh, the interference by the so-called business forums. Who are these business forums? Can we get these details? I want to ask Chairperson, the slide five, that we get the detail on each and every one of those overview of the challenges. The, within the control of the department and outside of the control of the branch. That we, for instance, referring to interference by the so-called business forums. Who are these business forums? Uh, for instance, the construction mafia. In how many of these projects are they coming forward and say they want 30%? That we get the detail. Because I want to emphasize again, that's the core of the problem. That is how and why we are where we are. Therefore, Chairperson, one short question, and I will play, uh, stay with that, is what is the minister going to do to address these core issues? Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable, Honorable Khurnaval. Honorable members, uh, the first, I think, the first achievement that we've had is to have both our, our ministers here. And it wasn't an easy exercise to get the two ministers and the departments in one meeting. And that is why I spoke about the silo approach. I'll definitely arrange a follow-up meeting for a Friday or for, um, or for another day, which is not a cabinet day. But it, indeed, it is very difficult to get slots for these meetings, which are outside of the slot of our committee. 
and the slot of our committee is on a Wednesday. Um, although, uh, again, um, the staff, Babalwa, um, Nicolette, Nobesutu, they've worked very hard to get us additional slots, but clearly we need an additional slot uh, to have a follow-up for this meeting. Uh, Honorable uh, Shembeni and then Marekwa. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Uh, and good morning to the Honorable Minister, the PC Minister, and uh, all protocol observed. Chairperson, uh, I would like to ask a question on public works as to does the department know exactly the number of properties or buildings that they own nationwide? If not, why? If yes, why do we have buildings that are hijacked by foreign nationals? And when making investigation, we find that they belong to the Department of Public Works. And if occupied by South Africans, they are quickly, or they are very quick to be evacuated from those buildings. So I want to know exactly how many buildings do they have? Do they have buildings that are unattended to and what is happening there? Secondly, to the SAPS, what is the average buffer radius for the population to travel to access the policing services? Because in terms of urban or urban rural, or it's a mix of rural stations, because the international law is 10 kilometer radius. Now, is access to policing service more difficult in rural areas? If so, what mitigating actions are taken to increase the safety and security of the rural communities? I think that's the only two questions she said. We must ask two questions. But to add now on the conditions of the police stations, uh, Honorable Chairperson, yes, it's very frustrating. I've heard our minister today have spoken mouthful about the frustrations the SAPS has. Yes, uh, I'm in support of our Honorable Minister. And I remember calling the minister about bridge camp in the Eastern Cape. And I was told, yes, there is water, there is blah, blah. But today, here, the, the so-called public works acknowledged that they did not do anything in such police stations. This police station, the bridge camp, they don't have electricity. They don't have water and all these things. But nothing is happening there. And they are paying, uh, I understand, these lease fees or rentals, a lot of money that they are paying there. Why not a police station is being built in the nearest communities? Because I understand it's also far from the communities, this uh, a bridge camp police station. So a police station has got to be built into the nearest communities with everything, water, electricity, and so on. The, our police officers here, uh, our their lives are at stake. They must go and help themselves in the bushes and everywhere. I think that's uncalled for. 
And then secondly, uh, 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 my submission uh, uh, to the Honorable Minister, why don't we have our own artisans as the SAPS, like the SANDF? Because some of the other things are referred that we must copy from uh, the SAP, uh, uh, SANDF. Why are we not having our own uh, artisans whereby they will service our own buildings? We have got to build our own police stations at our own uh, pace, whereby we will have our own budget to monitor. I think that we must that must be looked into. That South African police must start having their own artisans. We've got a lot of young people that are qualified outside architectures and the like. I think that needs to be taken off. I thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you, Honourable Members. Honourable Members, I now hand over to Honourable Marekwa, then Siabi, and then Wolekwa. Honourable Marekwa. Uh, thank you, Chairperson, and good morning uh, to you, to the Ministers on the platform and the Deputy Ministers on the platform. Uh, officials and officers from the departments that are, who are present here on the platform. Chairperson, uh, uh, having listened to, in particular, the ministers who made their inputs earlier on, uh, before I go to my comments or the questions, I would like to just say that, you know, one, I appreciate uh, and welcome the presentations as we have seen them this morning and as we have received them as well. But I need to just in, in mention that, uh, Chairperson, it is important for departments to consider and pay more attention on the working conditions. I think the Commissioner, the National Commissioner of the Police, including the Minister, have highlighted some areas of concern regarding conditions where members find themselves or employees find themselves working under. Because in conditions, working conditions in any environment are a very important aspect. And their impact on the employees is very key. We might undermine it, but working conditions have an impact on the workers or employees and their influence on the moral and execution of daily tasks of these employees with very high levels of morale and positivity, including health and safety. I think the, the commissioner mentioned uh, two or one area where uh, members in that certain area working in an area where there's construction. So already there is issue of health hazards and it is not healthy for workers in that environment, including communities that utilizes those services on a daily, facilities on a daily basis. So I think those things are needs to also, as we speak, construction of buildings, new refurbishing and everything, but the conditions where members find themselves working are very important. It is also important to pay much needed attention to continuous and timely maintenance of stations and other working, working workspaces. Because with not, uh, with a department uh, or those who are responsible of doing maintenance work, if they are not gonna do that timely, 
we wait up until the damage or the, the cost is too high and we want to have issues and we will not be able to do the proper maintenance. We can build, it doesn't matter what type of stations we call first class or whatever stations, but if you are not going to maintain those, it's, not, it's just as good as putting money in something that is like kind of wasting because maintenance is key. A property can be sustained if it is properly maintained. So I think we need to pay, uh, there's need to, of paying more attention on the issue of maintenance in the country and in the stations and to make sure that members work there are very positive because you cannot expect a person to be on duty in a space that is not uh, conducive. And we expect them when we enter there, they smile, they are happy and positive. It, that thing plays a role in their motivation also. So I think also the other part, as we speak, uh, construction and other things, cleanliness is a very key issue because some stations we can see they are dilapidated, but we need to encourage those who are tasked with cleaning to also pay attention in cleaning for their own good, for their own health, and including the health of the community that utilizes the services. So I think as we go about one thing that we pick up and we need to also encourage from time to time is the cleanliness of our stations and workspaces where we go around. Thank you, Chairperson. And then going to my question, I would uh, ask only two, and one of them is that, what is the, uh, if you can get the total cost or the value of the leases, leases operated on behalf of SAPS. I think we've seen some, uh, but specifically one is more interested in those that are operated by SAPS that are on the side of SAPS. The second one will be, what are the reasons for the termination of the 15 leases? And if we can also be informed or told which are those uh, stations or areas or offices or whatever buildings, if we can be told which are those that are affected in terms of the termination of the 15 leases. I think uh, also one last question, Chair, is that regarding the 258 expired leases as per the presentation, uh, as we have seen from the Department of Public Works, uh, are these buildings uh, still utilized by members of the SAPS in certain areas. If you can be clarified on that one, I think I will be okay, Chairperson. Those will be the questions from my side. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Marekwa. Honorable Siabi. Thank you, Chairperson. And greetings to the two ministers and the deputy minister present. And greetings to Honorable Members present. Chairperson, I'm going to request that uh, I don't switch on my video. I have a challenge with the uh, short late, uh, load shedding. Let me welcome the two presentations, Chair, and continue to say the reason why we requested this kind of a meeting is because as a committee, we were also frustrated. But the presentations today added more to our frustrations. And the two ministers are also uh, frustrated. The presentation from Public Works, according to me, it was too general, not responding to what we requested. When, we, when one looks at uh, what
they call intrinsic challenges. I immediately see a lack of planning there. Those challenges, if you read them thoroughly, they are just a result of lack of planning, which is a which is a problem. But I immediately chair want to support your view that uh, you'll arrange a follow-up meeting possibly on a Friday so that we can take the matter further. And in that meeting, if Public Works was to take the presentation by SAPS and respond in details to their frustrations so that by the time we come back, we have a, a, a way forward. I also want to support the, the suggestion by the Minister of Public Works that uh, we allow her to go and do her homework. And within four to six weeks, she comes back to the, to the, to the committee with a way forward and, uh, and proposals. Because if I were to follow up on what Honorable Shambeni said, there seem to be, public work seems to be not having a full report, even of their project. There is a project in Wulubedi, Wulubedi Police Station, which was started in 2018. It was supposed to be completed in 2020, but as we are speaking even today, it is not uh, uh, completed. And that is a huge project because it cost around 96, 96 million. My two questions, Chair, is uh, when the public works talks of disputes that delay completion of project, what kind of disputes are they? And my second question is, uh, is it really necessary for public works to oversee the leases? Is it impossible to give the management of leases to the user department, in this case, is SAPS, so that we don't have these complaints of public works extending leases without the mandate of SAPS, public works not paying rentals. And in addition to that, can't, when we lease, make sure that we lease with the responsibility of maintenance being with the, with the, user department so that we don't get frustrations of the landlord not maintaining this and that. I think that will, as we negotiated the contract, we factor that in. But I want to support your view, Chair, of a follow-up meeting and the proposed way forward by the Minister of Public. Thanks, thanks very much, Chair. Uh, thank you, Honorable Whip. Honorable members, you would understand that these are public buildings. If schools are in dilapidated states or hospitals are in a dilapidated state, there's a huge outcry from the public. Police stations are the first line of defense that we have, we all have as citizens and the public. How do we fight crime? How do you teach? If you want to teach learners, you need a school. So if you want to fight crime, you need a police station. And what we are hearing today is really the biggest disappointment we've ever heard of in this committee. Honorable Molekwa, 
Is Honorable Molekwa still on the platform? Uh, she is on the platform. Honorable, can Honorable Molekwa, are you still able to speak? Uh, can we send Honorable Malekwa uh, a message? Please, um, if she's back, I will give her another opportunity to speak or an opportunity. Um, then could I allow uh, the acting DG Public Works to respond? Uh, most of the questions were to Public Works. Uh, Honorable DG, you could also ask your team to assist you and indicate who would then be responding to some of these questions. Acting DG? Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chair. And thanks to my colleagues in the Department of Police and also to the questions posed by Honorable Members. Uh, I think the question asked by Honorable uh, Whitfield with regards to the creditors that uh, the department have in respect of uh, the police portfolio or rather even in general, uh, all other creditors uh, and from all other land departments for this, I think we would uh, have to uh, break it down uh, in the format he has requested, uh, 30 days, 60 days, 90 days and provide, but just safe for now to uh, immediately respond and indicate that uh, uh, due to the ministerial directive that we had uh, to stop the month-to-month -month, uh, payments on the leases, which the Auditor General had deemed uh, to be irregular uh, and causing irregular expenditure on the books of public works, and that we should immediately communicate and work with all other landlords to work towards a solution of renewal of contracts and having long-term contracts in place. This resulted in a backlog, particularly with uh, some of the big landlords that we had. The negotiations have been ongoing and with the directive in place, we're not able to pay over uh, for fear of causing irregular expenditure on our books. For that reason, yes, some landlords uh, resorted to uh, illegal action and self-help by locking up the buildings. Uh, we have to indicate that in that regard, the work around the uh, issue of uh, payment in as far as uh, uh, rates and taxes, that part, uh, honorable member, we had been uh, paying it with the permission of the treasury to directly pay to municipalities. And uh, it is for this reason that we have been able to circumvent some of the difficult challenges related thereto. As the honorable member may be aware, that the matter is now before the courts. We have narrowed down, in November last year, we had about 1,700 leases on month-to-month basis. We have since whittled down that number to about 340. Uh, we are still working uh, on finalization, particularly with uh, the two big landlords, uh, with SKG being one of them. And once we are able to finalize long-term leases with this, we would significantly reduce uh, the number of month-to-month -month leases. And therefore, the creditor's book uh, would uh, also reflect uh, this reality uh, in that regard. 
On the issues raised uh, pertaining to uh, the buildings that are actually uh, invaded and that are being vandalized and some of them uh, that are run down by vagrants. Uh, this is a matter we had uh, been seized with over the last uh, three months with our profiling of our asset register. And uh, I've also taken note of what Honorable Shambeni raises in this regard with our immovable asset register. Yes, we have uh, finally completed our asset register and we are now in the process, of, as I'm indicating, of profiling this register. Amongst this is to actually record all of the uh, properties and their state, uh, including uh, the condition assessments on all of them. And this will indeed, uh, uh, in a way, affect also the total value of what we, we posit now in our immovable asset registers and what we have put forward as part of our balance sheet. So work is being done in this regard. Our biggest priority now is to immediately be responsive in stopping further invasions into our buildings. And for those that have already been invaded, the law requires of us to follow specific steps which are legal in nature to be able to now evict uh, those that uh, are within these buildings. And I think that we have begun across all of our regions uh, to uh, commence with the eviction processes and of the most uh, uh, troublesome buildings which uh, we have, we have uh, been brought to our attention and for which we have put in within our radar, we have uh, stopped further invasions on them and we have, uh, as I've indicated, commenced with the uh, lengthy and painful processes of finding alternative accommodation for those who have uh, indeed uh, run into our buildings. On the issue raised uh, around whether we have done condition assessments on all of the police stations, uh, I think, yes, indeed, uh, the work has been done. It is not complete, uh, Honorable Tarblanche, uh, uh, in as far as this is concerned, but we have done a significant number of uh, assessments. There is a challenge with police stations, as uh, you may have read, even Major General Stone acknowledges this point, that with the police stations uh, that uh, are still not on our vested in our asset register, but are those that uh, because of the old transition and the arrangements, they remain police station uh, owned by basically municipalities and where there has been reluctance on the part of these municipalities to hand this over. Uh, legally speaking, we are not able to make investment into these police stations and to do work in that regard, uh, let alone even having contractors to be able to do condition assessments on them. And, and this has posited a huge challenge. And for those who have begun mapping all of these police stations across the country, and work has begun with uh, engagements with these municipalities afresh, and de novo to try and have the police stations handed over and be vested with us in this regard. The observations of Honorable Kronewald uh, are indeed uh, uh, spot on and correct. We we. We are the first ones to acknowledge, and no wonder we put bare uh, the issues of our challenges and what we call intrinsic challenges uh, in this regard. We are the first to acknowledge that we have a, a huge challenge. Uh, there has been a, a failure of doing what uh, is necessary to be done. And indeed, uh, we have, uh, that's why we now emphasize on consequence management. If a project manager does not do what they expected to do, there has to be consequence management. In the private sector, project manager that does not 
complete a project. And that does not, uh, or that causes us a lot of uh, uh, money in the process. Uh, cannot just but go scot free and the project is abandoned and the uh, building site is abandoned and nothing gets to happen. And, and this far we have begun a painstaking job of identifying on all those failures that uh, have been highlighted in our presentation and which have also been shown in the SUBS presentation that we have begun the consequence management process and we are doing the arduous task of uh, laying the foundations for uh, future uh, management of projects that they are above board. Knowing that the pipeline is a bit longer, what Minister pointed out to is what and is now the premise from which we depart. And uh, is that premise that says we will not accept uh, more projects that we know we will not have capacity to be responsive to. Even in terms of uh, the work we have done with SUPS uh, this time around when we finalize the allocations for projects for the 2022-23 financial year, this principle was uh, at the foremost at the concern of what we are doing. And therefore, we, we, we are confident that with uh, the new pathway and those projects that indeed we know will not be able to, to deal with, we have also agreed that some we will have and hand them over to implementing agencies and those that we know we will not be able to do and the implementing agencies won't also do that the departments, the line departments themselves uh, should drive those uh, specific uh, projects. So accordingly, uh, the challenges that were being asked that we should uh, break them down in terms of what we are talking about when we speak about uh, disputes uh, and when we speak about business forums and all of that, I believe we would be able to provide additional information in this regard. They are quite varied and they vary project by project and as to what the challenges are. In this regard, what we have done is to paint a global picture of what the key challenges are. And uh, of course, with uh, the review of Honorable Noxia who points out that we, we seem to be too generic in that regard and that we should rather spend more time uh, being responsive to the individual uh, frustrations and issues raised by SAPS. It's, it's a matter that we, we are committing that we will uh, repackage the information in the manner that uh, Honorable Krunewald and CIB points uh, that to us that we need to repackage it in that way. And, and therefore, if we take indulgence of the follow-up meeting that uh, the chair says she would convene and that that information would be repackaged as such. Uh, if we look at the issues uh, raised pertaining to... Um, uh, my, my apologies for the interruption, uh, DG. I would like to acknowledge uh, the presence of Honourable Minister Dalil. Uh, welcome back, Minister Dalil. Uh, your DG is uh, responding to some of the questions and uh, he'll also have an opportunity to allow some members of his team to respond. Uh, welcome back, Honourable Minister. My apologies for interrupting, DG. You may continue. Thank you very much, uh, Honourable Chair. Uh, I had uh, now been looking at the issue of this total uh, picture of the projects we have and the impression we have mistakenly created on the part of Honourable Siavi that we, we seem not to be 
having a full grasp of the total picture of our projects and the project pipeline. Uh, we, we believe we do. We have simply not managed to uh, report on each and every single project that we, we have in the pipeline, but in the slide that we presented holistically that shows uh, the number of projects in our pipeline and how we have uh, delineated those projects. Uh, all our projects are accounted for there, uh, which are the projects that we have here. However, the work in progress projects that may be with land departments and that have been devolved to those land departments will not be reflective uh, of what is on our slide and in, in what we account for. We have at the beginning of the presentation made it clear that we are only accounting for what we are currently driving in the department and where we are with these programs. Uh, I need to assure uh, Honorable Grunewald that uh, the 60% of the police station projects that are behind schedule, and uh, that in the last three months, we have spent uh, significant time uh, looking at interventions that are specific to each and every one of these projects that are behind schedule to map out what is the problem where have we gone wrong? And to then say, what is to be done about that to address this? You, 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 you ask the question uh, specifically to say, uh, what are we doing to address the core and the root causes of uh, these challenges? Uh, first and foremost is the reviewal of our contract and contracting uh, relationship and documents and instruments. And secondly is an acknowledgement that uh, on some key matters our capacity is insufficient uh, to drive this and therefore we need to insource uh, capacity as well as uh, uh, obtaining support uh, in the form of uh, the state agencies that have a similar capacity to act as our implementing agents and project managers for some of the key uh, core projects that may be considered uh, sizable and uh, uh, that are also considered uh, significant and, and therefore to uh, reprioritize and resynchronize as well as uh, 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 re-energize our base uh, from that point of view. So, 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 so that's the first intervention we are making. The second one, with uh, consequence management and the right tone setting and uh, effective management, uh, this is the second intervention we are making in this regard to ensure that we avoid repeat findings and that uh, it is known right across the system that there would be consequences. Thirdly, it is the issue of uh, the ability of enforcement uh, to honestly enforce uh, what is the terms and conditions of contract and to also ensure that uh, we are able to, uh, to set the, the tone correct at the top and to make sure that that permeates right across the regions and to all officials at the cold phase of delivery at construction sites. Fourthly, we have also instituted and the minister had requested the extension of services and investigative capacity, both internally within our GRC branch. We have placed a number of, of these contracts under review and investigations, and a number of employees as we speak are going through disciplinary processes. And we have also enlisted the support of the SIU in ensuring that most of this uh, contracts that we see that uh, things don't seem to have gone well, particularly as it relates to the challenge we pointed out of where contractors are demanding more money and where they have not necessarily managed their cash flow properly that 
the construction projects have come to a halt. And in that instance, we seek to, to do what is necessary, recover the money, but we are also doing interventions of getting new contractors to finish off projects and to take the projects to practical completion. Uh, I must indicate that with that, uh, we have seen that even some of the police stations that for some time had come to a halt, uh, that uh, construction work has now recommenced and that uh, the police stations are now being taken forward towards completion. I, I, I need to address the issues raised by Honorable Boni Marekwa. Honorable Marekwa, I think uh, of key import is that we, we are quite sensitive and we are we have taken cue from what the minister has pointed out that uh, between many client departments and service delivery lies ourselves and our inability to provide effective service and support to these client departments had had a negative uh, impact on service delivery. We have taken this message of our minister to heart and uh, we have uh, rededicated ourselves to doing all what is possible to make sure that we, we limit that ourselves becoming a barrier uh, to service delivery by these departments. And what measures have we done or what are we putting in place in this regard uh, to, to be at the forefront? Uh, number one, as we have already indicated, we have increased the threshold of the, the allowed uh, amount uh, from 100,000 to 1 million, uh, which will make it easier for many of the client departments, including police, uh, to be able to do day-to-day uh, -day maintenance on some of the key things that they require. And if you look at it, uh, it will also allow uh, for some of the key interventions that are necessary at this moment uh, from a point of view of, of getting uh, things functional and things repaired timelessly. And uh, in this regard, we have also uh, began and we have revived, uh, as SUPS has indicated that uh, the key account management has not been having formal engagements in as far as operational meetings are concerned. Uh, I, I think I also need to correct uh, what was raised. Uh, Honorable Tarblanche, I think uh, uh, the idea wasn't that we haven't met uh, SUPS uh, in the last five years. We have been having meetings and I myself in uh, my substantive position as uh, head of the PMTE I had been engaging with SAPS and I had met uh, with them for a formal meeting to look at, uh, at the key issues on the table. So we have been meeting, we had been engaging, we had been looking at uh, issues of allocation of budgets, we had been looking at problem areas. At the last meeting, SAPS had uh, indicated the issue of unfinished police stations, a matter that uh, also Commissioner Masemula points out to, and it's a matter that as I am indicating, we immediately began responding to it and we immediately began attending to this. There were also issues of uh, clarification around uh, who owes who and how much uh, money do we have uh, from SAPS and how much of that. All of those reconciliations have been done ever since we met and there's been progress in this regard. So we are meeting, we are instituting uh, the issue of the operational meetings from a, a client uh, key account management point of view, and those are now taking place. Uh, we, are, we are taking this to heart, the issue of uh, the service of members who work under trees and who are working at construction sites. And uh, that's why we are putting interventions to make sure that we are responsive in this regard. I'm going to invite Chair with your indulgence, uh, my colleague Nyele Timakubele, uh, to give a, a bit of a response on the issue of the termination of the 15 leases 
uh, and which at, uh, police stations and uh, offices are affected by that, and also uh, which ones are, have expired uh, leases and still operating in these buildings. Uh, it, she will respond to that and also to the issue uh, of what is our posture and attitude around the management of, of leases and uh, where do we see client departments uh, actually playing a role in this regard. Uh, thank you very much, DG. Uh, you can, the next uh, minister, would you like to come in or uh, could I allow the next speaker from your department? Uh, yes, uh, I would just like to make a, a few comments at this stage, Chairperson. Please, um, Minister. Thank you, thank you very much. Um, a chairperson, I would like to be held accountable by the committee uh, in terms of my oversight role, but for me to play my oversight role, I do need the necessary information. My observation of what has transpired this morning, and I agree with some of the honorable members, that the presentation of uh, DPWI is very general. Secondly, the DPWI uh, presentation is not responding to the specifics within uh, the presentation of the South African Police Service. So there is a disconnect and we need to work on changing that. Uh, what I, again, Chairperson, is that I, I will commit to meet with the Minister of Police and, and with Commissioner Masamula as soon as possible to look at the priority requirements of SEPs and what need to be done immediately. That we will also have to look at the 2006 and uh, the 2009 devolving of functions is not clear to me, including we need to in interrogate what is the current service 11 agreement that was also signed way before the time of myself and the minister. And then that I will also, in terms of the independent investigation and assessment that I would like to do, that in drafting the terms of reference for the uh, independence outside service provider to do assessment of all of these things that we've listened to today, that I will invite the South African Police Services to make input in the terms of reference uh, if there is anything that the Portfolio Committee would like to make input on the terms of reference. So that we really, at a holistic approach, uh, get into a complete independent audit and assessment of, of, of what we are, are dealing with. But that does not mean, Honourable Chair and Honourable Members, that we need to wait for all of that. Uh, we have to, in the meantime, look at those projects where DPWI has failed the, the South African Police Services and work on a program uh, that we can present to the committee as to what solutions that we can apply there. So yes, the, the response from um, the department can go ahead, um, but I, I, I really, really think that 
uh, we need to do a deep dive into all of the critical issues raised by the members. I want to assure the members that while I've stepped out, uh, my staff has written down all their concerns and, and I will be attending to that. Thank you, Honourable Chairperson. Honourable members, um, I'm going to allow uh, the minister, first the deputy minister, no, 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 first uh, uh, Minister Dalal, your DG has responded, you have responded, and I would like to commend you for the commitment you have made to come back to the committee. We've requested that we do it on a Friday, where you, the two ministers, would have more time. Allow me to give the, firstly, the National Commissioner uh, an opportunity just to say a few words the Deputy Minister, and then the Minister of, of Police, and then um, Honourable Members. I think we are not going to get the detailed answers and responses that we've requested today, but that it would be fair on our side to allow uh, the Minister and her team to go back to the drawing board and to then uh, we'll, uh, come back to the committee. But the minister uh, does uh, respond to calls and messages, and I thank you for that, minister. So um, you've allowed me to speak to you directly, and your office has responded accordingly. So allow me, minister, um, could I allow the national commissioner and the deputy minister to first speak before I allow our minister from SAPS? Uh, ministers, uh, uh, police, would that be okay with you? That's okay, Chairperson. Uh, thank you very much. National Commissioner, Deputy Minister, and then the Minister will have the final word. A National Commissioner. Thanks very much, Honorable Chairperson and Ministers and DM and uh, uh, There was a question, I think, by Honorable Shembeni on the average distance from community to police station. Our standard is minimum four kilometers to a maximum of 26. And in areas where we do not have uh, access, where there is a need, we every year budget for a number of uh, vehicles that we can afford within the budget, where we uh, distribute mobile uh, CSCs. Uh, it's quite limited. They take time to build. And uh, yes, we do make them available in certain areas. Uh, as a last remark, Honorable Chairperson, yes, uh, we have listened to presentations by both departments and also by my colleague from Public Works. And uh, we will probably meet and uh, take some of these methods forward. And indeed, we would like to emphasize that out there in the public, it is the face of SAPS that uh, the public says we are sitting in uh, broken buildings or where we don't paint buildings or where we do not repair buildings. So the, the face that is out there, it is us. And uh, there is nowhere where public works comes in and we take this uh, 
hiding on a daily basis so that we cannot repair or renovate our buildings. Uh, I think I will leave it there, Honorable Chairperson. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much, National Commissioner General Masumbola, a Deputy Minister. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Chair, for the opportunity you, you have given me to, to comment on, on this. Uh, thanks, uh, Minister. And uh, yeah, I don't have much to say, Chair, uh, but just to re-emphasize the point that the Minister made uh, with regard to the, the experiences that we have had uh, with regard to some of the facilities that we are supposed to use and the time that it takes for, 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 for the Department of, uh, of, of Public Works to uh, ensure that uh, these facilities are made available. I take note, of course, of the response by the Minister of Public Works in terms of how she will want to handle the issues, and I think uh, it's fair that we should agree to that uh, to that approach. The experience we have had, uh, without uh, you know belaboring the point that the minister has raised, just with the the telecom towers, uh, it's a twenty-four floors building, and uh, when there is no electricity. Uh, you, you, it's very difficult to reach the office uh, to go up those stairs and to get out uh, generally to be open, to be functional in that facility. So it's a facility that needs a serious backup in the form of generators. Uh, everything must work there. If not, you will have difficulties. He did ask me a question yesterday, Minister, that... Uh, uh, when are we moving in? And I said to him, I know we'll, I'll come back to you. I'll have to establish the facts. Uh, from what we were given, the delay is there's still going to be more, much delays, uh, Minister, because there are other outstanding matters that have not been fixed. And the comp because it's a complex, that entire complex needs uh, uh, to be attended to at once because the manner in which they are doing it, by the time they finish with the last block, they will have to come back to come back to the block that they have passed. And this is creating a serious problem. And I think if it can be handled as an emergency, it will assist a, gra a great deal. Of course, I take note of the issues that they've raised in their presentation. I think it's, it's like the slide two or three, the, the one that talks to overview of challenges and operational challenges that they are confronted with, the issues of delays, the problems around disruptions. In the main, what causes uh, communities and these Mandela Ngobona groupings to emerge is because we are not following through in terms of the laws. There are laws that were passed uh, 2000, for example, the, that regulates the professionals within the construction environment. 
uh, that act explains what needs to be done and the regulations that goes with it that talks to what you need to do before you build a police station or any other building that you do in terms of community participation. The example the minister was giving about a PE police station where you you have had disruptions because we brought everything from outside. These are precisely because of us not following legislation that we have stipulated. And this legislation talks to community participation, readying the community for whatever uh, service is going to be provided to them. By the time you, you allocate a contractor to go and work in a particular community, the community is ready to provide certain services and how they must interact with the construction processes. But because we don't follow our own laws, we, we, we do shortcuts and communities because they know. We go to parliament, the president pronounced there must be, communities must benefit, we pass legislation. They know these things. And now when they don't participate, they don't see themselves benefiting, they then respond in a manner that sometimes we call it violent and whatever way we label it. Yet the problem is, I should, I, like I said, I don't want to belabor the issues that the minister have raised. I'm happy that uh, the Minister of Public Works and the team, they are here. And I, I don't doubt their willingness to, to interface with subs because in our case, it's very frustrating the things that uh, we go through and the working environment, including the sleeping environment of our police officers is completely unacceptable just because the service that is supposed to be rendered is not rendered. Uh, but thanks, Chair, for the opportunity for us to interact uh, with them and thanks minister for allowing me to comment before you give your your, your last comment on our behalf thanks uh, minister of police let me just get an indication if the minister of public works would like to speak i see her hand is up again uh, minister of public works and infrastructure uh, uh, sorry chairperson it's a legacy and i will remove it now thank you no problem, no problem. Uh, that leaves us with the Minister of Police. Chairperson, yeah. uh, thanks very much. Uh, I just hope that uh, this meeting will take us forward. Uh, you spoke about Friday, Chairperson. You didn't tell which one. Uh, surely it can't be the very coming one, but it can't be many more Fridays coming. Chairperson, uh, we're, we're in a burning situation. Uh, now I'm beginning to be scared that it might happen that the term of this government might end without this ministry not having an office at all, <laughs> working around. Looks like we are not going to have the office. I listened to the August, September, July, eight months. I said to myself, let's just accept it. We're not going to have the office at that level. So you can imagine what happens uh, going, going down. That's one. But Jefferson, the minister is correct. We would love to see these papers, these MOUs, these uh, service delivery and all that, and then we see how they, how they help us. Vis-a-vis uh, -vis the question raised by Honorable Member Shembeni, uh, of which we did raise at the beginning the capacity of, of, of the 
in-house capacity of things that we can do. I've been I've been in I've been in Nongoma Police Station, Jefferson. Uh, I think it's two years now. They are without water. That's that's a police station where you go to the toilet. You carry your own jack of water. Uh, that you 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 carry your own drinking water to wash hands and all those. Uh, and we expect those police members to do the job, Chairperson. Uh, uh, and uh, the, I think it's Soshanguve, where there is no electricity at the, at the, at the police station. And uh, the, the community, as they phone, they say at night, they, they just don't know what the police are doing themselves. They're scared to go there. And we just wonder what the police are doing when they go to the cells. Uh, of prisoners in, in the, what, what, where is their life? Where is their safety? And all those things. So uh, th these problems, they're immediate, Chairperson, as we, as we try to tackle them, there's immediate. There should be no police station without electricity or backup or water, Chairperson. There are human beings there working. That's one. There would be a, 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 those that are medium. Honourable, uh, raise the issue of the rich road. It's not only the rich road, the Deep and Central building itself, which used to be one of the top accommodation uh, in that area, they've been allowed to completely lapse and there is just no life. And it, uh, that, that area has become the sore point at that rich road, which was one of the best ever uh, accommodation of, of the police. It's not only in Deben, Several, those are major things that they need to be attended of maintenance, not just maintenance, but also improving the lives of the people that are supposed to be there. The long-term Jefferson, uh, police stations taking 10 years, taking five years and all that. And as the commissioner is saying, it's us that go to these communities. It's us that are asked almost every week as we go to communities and all that. Uh, the Department of Public Works, they are very lucky because they are not there to answer uh, these, these things uh, which uh, police are getting bashed on the laboratory, met laboratory matters and all that. Chairperson uh, can be helped, but there is no building that is locked down, is shut down in the morning as we want to go and work there because the money that has been paid the Department of Police is not paid to lend on by the next. So I think as we meet, as we look at the papers, we must have, we'll have to categorize things that they need to be fixed yesterday, today, and tomorrow to allow work. While I'll be to look at this in-house in capacity, uh, but uh, that's not our, that's not our core job. Uh, our core job is to do uh, security of the community. Like saying that doctors, uh, doctors and nurses must build hospitals, teachers and the HODs must build schools. So why would us? Somebody must do the job and to allow to do our core job. But if that is not happening, I think it's a risk we are prepared to take. It will be a hard way to take, but correct. Thanks, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Minister. Minister, uh, we will not have the meeting this coming Friday. 
I'll be engaging with your office and Minister DeLille's office. Um, what we have heard today is um, more than unacceptable. Honorable members would agree with me that uh, all our challenges will not be addressed if we don't get the matter of public works and SAPs sorted out. We can come here and complain about the forensic science laboratories, the central firearm registry, crime fighting. We will not get anywhere if we do not sort out the work with public works and infrastructure. I'm going to um, end the meeting now, thanking the National Commissioner and his team, the Director General and his team. I'm not going to take further questions, Honorable Whitfield. Yeah, you can't end the allow, meeting. No, no, or allow for further responses. There's we still an agenda, Jen. No, um, we still have the rest of our agenda. On this part of the meeting, I am going to allow um, the, the members, the Minister of Public Works, to leave. Sorry, I've uh, stated it incorrectly. I will allow the Minister of Public Works and her team to leave. And then, uh, Minister and your team, uh, you could leave. We are now going to deal with the minutes and the approval of the reports. And uh, for that, we do not need uh, the ministers or the deputy minister or the national commissioner or the DG. So on this part of the meeting, you may leave. On the rest of the meeting, members, honorable members, we need a quorum. So could you please stay on the platform so that we have a quorum. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you, Chair. Honorable members, uh, apologies. Thank I you. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Minister. Thank you. This part of the meeting is over. We'll continue now with the business of the committee. The business of the committee would be uh, firstly, the minutes, and then the report on uh, the DNA bill for our approval. Uh, could we have the minutes? Thank you very much. Honorable members, page one of the minutes. Um, page two. Any corrections, additions? If we have um, any additions, honorable members, that you would like to make? Corrections? Um, I am now on uh, the Deputy Minister's remarks. That is page five. Page six, the closing remarks by the chairperson. Uh, do we have a proposal for adoption? 
Do we have a proposal for adoption? I move, sir. Um, Honorable Whip moves for adoption. Do I have a seconder? Seconded, Chairperson. Thank you, Honorable. Uh, uh, is that Molekwa or Morekwa? Molekwa seconds. Thank you very much. Could we go to the report? The report of the Portfolio Committee on Police on Public Participation Criminal Law Forensic Procedure. The report. Thank you. Objective and purpose of the amendment. The clauses of the amendment. The definition. We could go down. Let me uh, further. The removal of timelines the proposed uh, uh, subsections. Next, clause 2B, section 7B, section 7C, section subsection 7D, public participation, Adoption of the Criminal Law Forensic Procedures Amendment Bill. The Portfolio Committee on Police adopts the Criminal Law Forensic Procedures Amendment Bill without any amendments. I put the report to the House. Could I have a proposal for adoption? Uh, Chairperson, Honorable Whitfield proposes adoption. Honorable Whitfield, thank you very much. Do I have a seconder? Honourable Tablanche, seconds. Uh, do you reserve your rights, any members? No, Chair. No, no, Chair. Thank you very much. Uh, the report is thus adopted and has to be taken to the House. Congratulations, members. Thank you to the Honourable Members for participating. Thank you for the positive way in which we have united around getting this bill passed through. Uh, my apologies for where we had delays. I'm convinced that we have done everything according to book. And I would like to thank the members for their patience. I'd like to thank once more all the political parties for uh, um, cooperating and um, really working uh, with one voice. Uh, this is really remarkable. And uh, as a committee, we can consider this to be one of our achievements and one of the highlights. Good luck to members. It will now be processed to the National Assembly. It will be processed to the NCOP. And we will ensure that we keep our eye on the ball and that we don't drop uh, uh, um, anything slip through our fingers and so that we do not allow it to take very long. Honorable members, uh, as you had indicated in um, the last portfolio committee meeting, uh, we have uh, uh, indicated and we're requesting that we postpone the firearm summit and that we give you another date for the firearm summit. Uh, we'll give you that date 
and we'll also talk to you about the arrangements. The chairperson will also speak to you about the content. Uh, Nicolette, is there anything else that we have to raise in the committee? Um, good morning, honorable chair and honorable members. I think that covers the business of today, Chair. Thank you. Thank you very much, honorable members. Is there anything else you would like to raise before I close the meeting? Honorable members, you will make your statements in the uh, um, National Assembly. I'm sure you'll do that um, effectively and appropriately. Uh, thank you, honorable members. Thank you for your participation. And thank you for staying till the end and allowing us to have a quorum. Thank you, members. That brings us to the end of the business of today. The meeting is now adjourned. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Thank you, members. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you, Chairperson. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Record.